0: call this
1: thing Uh, i got it okay incredible new fantastic astonishing mighty original uncanny sensational podcast i'm just gonna put down infamous
0: Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This
1: is Brandon, or Mutilus on the forum. And yeah, this is Parker, go by Tweakon forums.
2: This is Jeremy, uh, no forums. No forums. Nope. Doesn't Alrighty,
0: know. so, doesn't believe in the forums. Like, he doesn't believe in using them, or he doesn't believe they exist. It's the inner tubes. I don't... They're the, oh, R-O- okay.
1: the, they're his R-O-U-S's, they don't ro exist.
0: Yeah. I thought it was just R-U-S's.
1: Oh yeah, why did I say R O U S? I think no, it's just yeah R U S's. Oh, I thought it was rodents, rodents of, of unusual I mean, size. R O U S. Yeah, but
0: there's no you don't you don't make a letter for in the acronym for the O for of.
2: It makes sense.
0: Pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's just R U S. Oh my
2: god, nerds are freaking the fuck out right now.
0: You have no idea, dude. People are crashing their R dot U dot S search Google. Wrong. It's R O U S's. Slavic
2: words. That's not what I wanted. Oh, my God. Rus! You're going to have to edit this. This is going to make too many people mad. I'm interested yeah. now.
1: <laughs> it's just furious. Oh, dude.
2: All right, and so if you add rodents, now we get...
0: No, it is R-O-U-S.
2: Hey! Nice to yeah. I didn't need confirmation. I knew. Just so the fellow nerds understand that you were the one who was in.
0: Well, we. Have... I've been saying it wrong my whole life then, because... Okay. Uh, It's okay to be wrong. We had referenced it. We had been referencing it in like uh, leagues and stuff we did. There was um, a league at Battlezone where uh, there was an event called RUSs and uh, rodents of unusual size would come out of the forest and attack you. (laughs) (laughs) So they're not the uh, same. We've been apparently doing it wrong for a long time and nobody ever said anything. That's interesting. All right. So today we have uh, a little bit of stuff to talk about. It's probably going to be one of our shorter episodes unless you include... The pre-ramble that I put at the end, which is all the dumb stuff we talk about before we start podcasting, uh, but that's going to take us into news. the news.
3: News
0: news 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 news, news. news, 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 news,
1: news, news. All right, news. so we actually finally got some news! Huzzah! Yay! News. Uh, it's all about the Inhumans today. A lot of Inhuman stuff. But before we get there, uh, there was a little brief mention, uh, honorable mention for uh, updated faction list. Uh, Angela's been on it for. God, what, what is like seven or eight years she's been on there, but we finally found out. 16.5 years. Yeah, something like that. But we finally found out where Enchantress goes. She's in Asgard uh, and Cabal, which was our call. We thought that's where she belonged, but uh, now we know for sure. Guys, did anybody already break that code? Anybody already decide, well, this is how you break her because she's in Cabal?
0: Enchantress? Yep. No. (laughs) I mean, I guess you have the option of your three Mindstone characters. You can choose between Modok, Loki, and Enchantress. One of these things is not like the others, but go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we found that out. And then Medusa uh, got her um, panel to play, which is really ambiguous. It's just not, Sorry, not ambiguous, just short. We found out that she has uh, Flurry on her strike with five dice, uh, apparently it's not auto flurry; it's uh, conditional. Um, she's got the same defensive ability as Angela's Living Ribbons, which is you can't modify or change dice when you attack her, and you can't uh, put templates over her when you're moving around her or through her. And that's it. They said it, they like had a whole paragraph that said she also does some amazing things as Queen of the Inhumans. It's really amazing, and I think you'll really like it. But we're not going to tell you. (laughs) Bye-bye. It's kind of weird. It's
0: it's probably just saying that she's also going to be a leader. Like, the last couple factions have had two leaders.
1: Right. Uh, Which means
0: that they're going to have more characters.
1: Right. In the comics, I actually, I do not have a lot of Inhumans in comics, but all the ones I do have, she is, like, the queen uh, of them. In the primary Marvel universe, she's been the queen and basically the only leader of the Inhumans for, gosh, it's got to be, like, years now since Black Bolt, uh, you know, went nuts. So uh, we also got some Inhuman cards, uh, some tactics cards. Uh, we have uh, terragenesis named after the process by which you become an Inhuman. If you have that uh, special Cree gene that was put in uh, millions of years ago, you can use the Terragen Mist. And the way it works is any Inhuman character can p- pay three to target an opponent within range three if they have a civilian token. It, the civilian immediately transforms like an Inhuman, Uh, you roll four dice, dealing one damage to the target character for each critical, wild, or hit. So basically, you, you roll four dice and do damage like you're rolling an attack. If it daces or KOs the target, you also score two victory points. So we have another victory point card in the game.
2: Why are civilians so hateful? Yeah. They're so hateful in this game.
0: Um, is the Terra Genesis do damage like an attack? I thought it was, like, Counter-Strike, where it's just crits and wilds. Is it like an attack? Uh,
1: well, it is... It, it, it's not an attack roll. It just says you do one damage for each critical, wild, or hit. So those are the, like, uh, dice you oh. normally do damage on. But, so it's critical, wild, or hit. So it, it, it looks like an attack roll. But you can't modify it.
0: Wow. That's crazy. That's doing, like... A lot more damage than I thought it was. I thought it was just Counter-Strike. I guess I skimmed it and missed the hit part. Yeah. Because uh, they don't defend against it, right? Nope. You just take a damage. That's really annoying.
2: Just punch mm-hmm. you right in the face.
0: Yeah. It's... I mean, damage ignoring defenses is a really big thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Also... Oh,
0: okay, well, that card's going to be obviously amazing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Terror Genesis, I think, is super strong. It uh, costs three power... And in the Inhumans, and we don't know if the Inhumans have a power generator right now, so it might be something they have to do late, a little bit later in the game or after they do a, a, a strong strike attack. But they can do it from range 3, and it'll really help against your scenario things. Like, we, like looking at you, Web Warriors, it'd be really nice to just be like, oh, your Web Warrior got dinged once? Well, now they're just dead. I, I take two VPs and you drop the civilian, moving on. Um, hmm. Pretty cool. The fact that you also get two VPs for it is pretty awesome If they're if you actually down the character. So, pretty darn nice. The uh, Bitter Rivals is their uh, next card. Three power. Um, and any power... Just in- real quick. Go ahead.
0: What? The wording on this is very confusing. And so, take your time. Like uh, th- I had to read this like five times. Yeah, okay.
1: So, three power. Any character who plays this tactic can choose an enemy character within range three. Until the end of the round... Other enemies within range three of that one you targeted roll one fewer die on attack and defense rolls. So picture it kind of like a targeted bubble debuff. So you mm-hmm. picture, you yeah. point to somebody, if within uh, every one of the f- their friendlies, so your enemy team members, they're close to that target you picked. Anybody inside that bubble takes a one die debuff on attack and defense for a whole round. So really nice to do early on the central location, you know, central character, or maybe a character who needs to be within range three of other characters to, to do stuff. Captain so, America. Captain America. Wong maybe, if since he has to get a little closer to things. So like pretty cool thing to put on the supports and protectors out there that are, that mm. are buffing your other characters by being close to them. Um, really interesting.
2: <laughs> Bodyguard characters are funny.
0: Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange is another great option because of yep. all of his range three buffs and heals. Yeah. Uh, Doc- not to mention a character, a characters that manipulate their dice and are heavily quality dice, redu- reducing their number is obviously really effective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Characters that roll a whole bunch of dice or teams that roll lots and lots of dice, less effective. But I think, what do you guys think? Is this worth three power? Do you feel like it's going to get Absolutely. three power back?
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: I think it'll be interesting. I feel like in this game, I can see some games, like if your opponent's playing like, uh, you know, a mission E, you know, the deployment E, and they're trying to just run at you with four characters plus, and they're just trying to run down down your throat, then Bitter Rivals is just like absolutely crushing to them. But if, if you're playing like a, a widespread out scenario, and, you know, you got one person on each point, and everybody's, you know, way spread out, maybe you're you're tagging two characters with this maybe uh Uh,
0: i mean we can i think we should talk about this after we do the last card okay but i i see where you're going with that and I, i think that this is still a very useful card
1: yeah last one in inhuman royal family any inhuman character on the team can spend two power uh, if you uh, spend power, so multiple Inhuman characters could do it at the same time, anybody who spent power can re-roll any number of dice in one attack or defense roll during that round. Uh, Inhuman oh my roll family god. During that round. So it's just one attack or defense roll, which is kind of interesting because from what we know about the Inhuman's passive ability, they already get to re-roll one dice, so basically this lets you roll the rest of them any one time. Or I guess with the wording be, you get to do all of them, and then a re-roll or single dice? Is that how it would work? You get to do both, I'm guessing? You
0: choose the order in which you modify your dice.
1: Yeah. So you so get you to would, do... you
0: would get to do both. You would get to do the one re-roll, yeah. and then re-roll all of them, or re-roll all of them, and then do the one re-roll. Yeah. Assuming
2: that they all have that. It seems phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, that card seems really, really good.
0: Okay, so, yeah, it... yeah I agree. obviously, re-rolls are powerful in this game. Anyone who disagrees is wrong. Um, <laughs> so... I, I think that this is actually very concerning. Um, I feel like all three of these cards are better than all of the X-Men cards combined.
2: Like any one of these three is better than the X-Men cards <laughs> well, in total. You know what's funny? You say that and just playing X-Men yesterday, none of the tactics it's cards Like You I don't put. need
0: any other cards.
2: Yeah, none of the cards I played. First class
0: is their best and
2: it's okay. I did not play any of them. Oof. Yeah, and all those cards you, that you first, just talked about are amazing. First
0: class is useful. Yeah, like, sure. And it's of Adam is Nice, it's but they're
2: both just like
0: yeah, they're it's fine. It's just okay, and they they tend to not trigger very often. um So you end, they end up burning up a lot of roster slots. So I think after you've played them a few times, you end up taking the cards out, which is kind of sad because basically all X Men have turned into for our meta at least is Storm. The faction is how can you abuse Storm's leadership with other models. Mm -hmm. and it's just been really boring and so there's obviously we don't have the whole faction yet and who knows maybe the next wave of x-men will bring more tactics cards that will make your roster choices more interesting uh but yeah basically all we've been doing with x-men is taking character specific cards like exceptional healing and then generics like you know recal and stuff Uh, um there is a fourth card though
1: there is a fourth card yeah, go ahead. And the fourth it's kinda of weird because if you look at the panel to play if anybody's who read the article, there's a graphic at the bottom that shows you three of the cards, but then the a fourth card was also spoiled in the article itself. So it's if you just yeah. if you just looked at <laughs> the cards, you may have missed this. But the uh That's
0: that's why I told you to read it. Yeah.
1: The last one I the, I, I say this because I may or may not have actually done that exact thing. So uh mm-hmm. the last one's called Atalan Rising. Uh, Adelant being the home of the Inhumans, it's been in a couple different places in the Marvel universe, uh, and it's, it's ebbs and flows, right? And so this was obviously uh, the, it is waxing because according to this tactical card, uh, any Inhuman uh, can play it if they are injured, giving one power to each Inhuman character for each allied injured Inhuman. So if you if you have multiple players injured. Uh, then you will get multiple power on each inhuman. So giving a huge yeah. power boost, so, potentially.
0: Hypothetically, four-character roster, three of your characters are injured. Each of the three injured get three power, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: For, for free. It just happens.
0: Yeah. Cost zero, obviously. The, all the power-gaining yeah. cards are, unless your moving power is free.
1: Right, but it also doesn't um, cost health or something like that. It doesn't uh, yes, cost yes. some other resources.
0: Uh So I think uh, Black Bolt was an example, but I think we just assumed that he was the way he was so that he was more balanced because obviously you can't have his ridiculous attack on the front side, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but maybe all the Inhumans are going to have massive injured sides and this is like a a balancing factor for them so that they'll be very weak in scenario. And so maybe that's why their scenario card removes one of the tokens, right? It's like I run up and I damage you for having... like I punish you for trying to win on Scenario. And maybe that's because their faction is bad at Scenario play because they have very small, healthy health pools and they've got deep, injured sides. That's possible. Well, it doesn't doesn't take away... It doesn't get rid of the token, but you're you're trying to stop them from scoring, right? Yeah. Your whole point is to kill the person holding the thing.
1: Mm -hmm. It's it's a huge comeback card and damage card. It's a monster good card all rolled into one.
2: The fact that Rising good.
1: doesn't have a range either is super good. Just like the whole board, just
2: yeah, it's global. Jeremy, yeah, what did you stuff... say? They're just their stuff sounds really good, which is sad to me because I don't want to play them at all. Again, I don't like their models. <laughs> I don't like their storyline. I don't like anything about well, them. I'm my
0: initial impression was power creep, and that that made me really nervous at first. But I now that I'm seeing the trend of like our people are going to be injured and then like we're trying to stop you from scoring points i'm starting to see that maybe it's kind of a design aspect that like they pay for their strength in in different ways because i think we've already seen that they don't necessarily generate extra power it's that they can move power around with the king of the inhumans ability and so maybe medusa will have a different leadership which is what it sounds like from the article but that's obviously a really bad leadership ability, but they have a lot of re-rolls and they've shown that they have good stats. So re-rolls plus good stats obviously seems strong, but if their whole faction is going to be injured on turn three, then that's not as good because, you know, you're literally surrendering scenario on turn three, if that's Uh true.
2: Well, a different style of play would be good. That's fine. I I, I think that's cool. No, and that that looks really good. Now,
0: Obviously, even if I see the cards, I'm going to withhold judgment until we get some games in, but. You know, She-Hulk followed by Inhumans would be very aggravating if we were worried about power creep. If we weren't like, well, if you look at it from the, the glasses of Hulk is terrible, and then She-Hulk is balanced, and then Inhumans are just different, like, then it doesn't look as bad. So, uh-huh. yeah, I think I think we're probably fine. I was just a little nervous. Uh, Parker, do we have any other news to talk about?
1: Uh, no, that was, that was pretty much the mine this time. That was about it. I say that about it, but it was, it was a lot of news, a lot of, a lot of things. It
0: is is especially compared to this off season we've had. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, remember how we were like, man, there's way too much stuff coming out? Like, we're so behind. And then, like, that eight weeks felt like a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, it felt like so long between releases. I was like, how have we not had anything? Like, it's been so long. And it was like a really small release, too. It was like two boxes instead of three. And it was like, oh, man, it's brutal. All right, so moving on. Uh, currently playing uh i have been currently playing uh i built well i guess first off i've been playing the list we built in our last episode the um wakandan web warriors team uh it's been very good uh kind of as expected and uh it's nothing really special to report it's working as intended it's pretty much rolls over you unless you have a very strong anti-control game uh or what was the one? What was the game I lost, Jeremy? I can't remember.
2: The one you lost? Yeah, I'm trying
0: to remember. I remember I got pretty well rolled over in one of the games. I couldn't even stay in it. I can't remember what happened though. It's been too long. I'm pretty sure we recorded it, so it should be on a battle report currently posted on our YouTube channel.
2: Oh, oh that wait. was that too, was too late now. Oh, yeah, no, that was the X Men game that we learned about X Men. Remember, I was playing. That was the storm game. Yeah, storm blew you uh,
0: up. Well, I mean, I I lost on attrition, but like it was just surprising. I'm trying to remember if there's anything specific in that game. I remember a lot of like really unfortunate coincidence timing things that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were playing the evacuation mission, which first off isn't super great against high power gainers. And then we were doing... Oh, and then there was, like, we were playing Modok. Yeah, I, I remember now. So, Modok had a piece of train, so sure he couldn't push him off very easily. Um, and then, yeah, you started evacuating all the people because you were, like, blowing me up on attacks. And so you were getting to evacuate people on, like, Taskmaster. And I couldn't stay in it. I couldn't uh-huh. score enough points to stay ahead of you. There was that one turn where I think you dazed four of my five. And so I was ahead of you, like... 12 to f- 6 or 7. And then I was like behind 13 to 6 and it was or 13 to 12. And it was like no recovering. It was really bad. Uh-huh. I knew I was gonna lose on lose some point gain, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. Uh so recently I played X-Men with Storm. Uh but I was trying to do um stay mostly X-Men and not like do Taskmaster and stuff. So I did Beast Wolverine Storm. Corvus Glaive with the Reality Stone, and Proxima, and I really liked it. Um, it, it had a lot of synergy in it. Um, the Proxima and Corvus module slides very well into the Storm list because cover and the ability to move around more because Corvus's only problem is mobility. And he gets a little bit of it through his um, death blow, and he gets some more with Mothership, but obviously playing an X-Men you don't have access to Mothership. But getting to go with Proxima, Proxima can... Move and spear throw somebody and stand where she is not placed and then Corvus gets to go hop over her and attack somebody and then they start doing this constantly moving around thing and so you can actually attack with Corvus and then place behind uh, Proxima to gain cover again because you're too far away and then cover plus his damage reduction plus the reality stone means he basically blocks three at range it's almost impossible to take him out of range it's really interesting And so Corvus ends up living the entire game, which is obviously really bad for your opponent. Um, Jeremy, have you played anything new that you're really excited about?
2: Um, Well, my list I've been playing is a what-if list, and it's what if Taskmaster ran around with his friend Storm uh, and became Mm -hmm. an X-Men because he's my favorite X-Men. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Taskmaster, the best X-Man. Best X-Man. His
0: mutant ability uh, to do tasks.
2: Yeah, so I played X Men. I played that version of it, so I could jam in Ghost Rider, and uh, I tell you, it was a lot of fun. It was a really, really fun list. Um, yeah, <laughs> resurrecting Ghost Rider, activating twice, and that stuff. It, it just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but not, uh, not nothing on to, that interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. Moving on to hobby projects, uh, we're all working on She Hulk Storm and and she-hulk enchantress and angela i said that wrong uh so obviously we're all still working on those guys uh moving on to a segment we don't do very often from the forums uh forums, so forums, today forums, boo. with from the forums. <laughs> forums, <laughs> forums. <laughs> <laughs> basically we're just going to bring you some of the need to know clarifications and judgments that have happened on the rules forum because people like jeremy that are allergic to the internet and computers in general don't sometimes get caught up on this stuff.
2: I have HBO. Uh,
0: This is probably going to annoy the hell out of you guys because it annoyed the hell out of me, but interactions with the new Grievous Wounds card. Uh, So Timing, obviously you you get to apply the Grievous Wounds if your attack dazes them because normally when a character gets dazed they can't be affected by special rules but the card says if the attack dealt damage, it actually triggers during the attack while they're still not dazed. Uh so yes, if you daze someone with the grievous wounds attacks, they're still grievous wounds, which is pretty obvious from intent but is technically questionable due to timing. Uh field dressing. Yes, you can field dressing a model with grievous wounds. How do you guys feel about this? Wait, what? You can play gr- you can play field dressing on a model that is grievously wounded and dazed. The wording. How does that make you feel, Parker?
1: Uh What's the point? Are you
0: immediately upset? Are you I'm immediately, immediately upset? very angry. All right. Now I'm going to continue reading the ruling. However, you will not remove any damage from the character. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now there is actually an interaction here. This is important to know. So it's not just, no, you can't field dressing grievous wounded people. It actually kind of matters, but not really. So <laughs> if you play field dressing or on a grievously wounded dazed model, you remove the dazed token. And the model still has the total damage on it. Then the game rechecks for dazed and they become dazed again. So if you have an effect that triggers on an ally being dazed for any reason. Oh shit, Ronan? It triggers. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I haven't read Ronin yet, but he is an example of sometimes that might matter. Also, maybe Punisher. Punisher getting another judgment token, if you're like, I, or a punishment token, if you absolutely have to have another punishment token, and the wording doesn't say by an enemy effect, you might consider doing that. So it's just a little interaction. It's not really why we're covering this today, it was just a little something thrown in there. Hmm. The next part, um, Age of Ultron and deal with the devil with Grievous Wounds. Holy shit. Are you guys ready for a ride? <laughs> okay. Um... I'll just shortcut this. Effectively, yes, you can play both of these cards and they work. Because uh, both of them say uh, when they are KO'd. And so the model is actually KO'd. All effects, period. The, the word effects, period, are removed from the characters, right? Including right. Grievous Wounds. Then the model comes back and you continue the game as normal. That makes sense. So the cards resolve normally. Uh now the next section, Hella Queen of Hell. Mm. Hella will be KO'd. The Hella Queen of Hell power happens instead of being KO'd. So she is still KO'd and dies. Cannot be saved by her own power.
2: Oh no. Nail in the
0: coffin, right? So sad.
1: So Hella And of like oh, so all of these
0: uh... that all of these that should work and you're like Hella's ability doesn't work, but Age of Ultron does? Like that's dumb. And I I'm not going to argue the wording. The wording is obviously written in a way that this is how it works. But the implications and like the intent behind it, it's like you can't tell me that when they were originally writing the cards that they wanted Age of Ultron to live through grievous wounds and they didn't want Hela to live through grievous wounds. Like yeah, that that's interesting. Make sense, right?
1: That's interesting. Maybe there's just I kind wonder of if like,
0: it'll eventually be eradged.
1: Maybe it's just like the cost of putting a discards. You don't want one deck discard. To totally invalidate a different tactics card, maybe that's the logic there.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but then field dressing wouldn't work like that. I mean, it shuts field dressing off, and that fucking thing's expensive and kind of
1: That's That's true. That's true. Good example. Yep.
2: Yeah. I just yeah, think Hella. Yeah, got it boned. doesn't
0: make any sense that it's just another example of like why wouldn't you play like the new character instead of the old character? Like, mm-hmm. like if Hella was supposed to be like similar to like what's his name i'm ghostwriter i'm forgetting his name uh i even though he's more expensive like he's just obviously better right he's the controlly fighty mysticky guy right mm-hmm. like he's faster than hella he hits harder than hella he's way tankier than hella and nothing gets through his bullshit where hella has multiple things that screw her over
2: uh-huh. and it's just
0: like like one of these rules has not aged well and it, it's just really sad because i want to see hella on the table And she just, like, the more things happen, the more she fades away, it seems like.
2: Huh. Yeah. The only thing she has left is she's four points and she's very quick. Being a medium move on a medium base is still fast.
0: Yeah, because Ghost Rider's not quick on a No, but he's five points.
2: (laughs) But he's five points. I'm saying. (laughs) Sure. There's a difference.
0: Uh, So the argument is she's cheap. That's the argument, then. Yeah, she's Because she's not faster.
2: She's cheaper. She's noticeably slower. But she's...
0: Okay. She's yeah. cheaper. Yes. No she's one's going to argue she's not cheaper, cheap. but th- no one's also going to argue that she's as good as Ghost Rider. Correct. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was our first from the forums today. Uh, our next from the forums is hit and run timings. This is pretty minor. Uh, basically, the question was asked, uh, hit and run attack tri- or superpower played by Cyclops and you attack someone like Venom or Sabretooth, do they get to respond to the attack? before you move away the answer is yes because the move action is not something that occurs after the attack is resolved it happens after the attack action is resolved and so you resolve effects that trigger after the attack is resolved before completing the rest of the actions
1: whoa what i'm a little that was so so many (laughs) just give it to me in a skinny
0: okay so when you use hit and run or charge or some ability like that, uh-huh. there is an opportunity between the two actions to do things that happen in response to those two actions. So if you pay uh-huh. two for charge and you move up to rocket, he can booby track you before you attack. Ah, uh-huh. if you hit and run and attack venom, he can punch you back before you move away. Got it. Okay. Make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the, I was explaining the the rules interaction, which I, I guess you didn't really want to hear, but that that's why it happens. But the fact is that it does happen. That's the important.
1: Well, it's part. not that I didn't want to hear it. It's just that there are a lot of those words were very similar, and I was just tra- having. Hard yeah, to no,
0: I it. get that. Yeah, the 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 key is that it's basically the specific wording of after the attack is resolved is what allows it to go before because okay. it specifically says on, on the timing chart that things that say after the attack is resolved trigger at this moment. And the move after attacking does not say that.
2: So Parker, hmm. right, you, so moving on. So I was gonna say that whole concept right there. We ran into that really hard when I was playing that crazy list with everything responding to everything. Right. And you brought Sabretooth yeah. in and tried to fuck with me and there was about four things that happened all mm-hmm. at the same time. It was insane.
0: Alright, Parker, mm-hmm. what happens what happens when Sabretooth punches Sabretooth? Explain. Just say what happens in what order.
1: Uh, I, I or I can first, tell
0: you if you don't know. Okay, go ahead.
1: Uh, first, I think a, a very small singularity opens up between the directly <laughs> between the two models. Not correct. and one Not and correct. both saber simultaneously fall into fake it. news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope. uh Je- jeremy will remember this from early mark one war machine when there was a flow chart for how to resolve your unit attacking oh, your unit.
3: Jesus.
0: there's a 14 step process for how to resolve what happens when a what was it a bane knight attacks a uh a legionnaire with an incubi host oh
2: jesus christ oh my god <laughs> it
0: was so terrible who gets a soul yeah, when it was basically yeah yeah, it was basically uh, whose army dies first in the middle of this single model's attack action. Because, <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll move past it. That's going to be too much to go into. But So, the, uh, the order of effects that happen are sabretooth attacks enemy Sabertooth. Uh, enemy Sabertooth triggers Untamed Force and attempts to attack friendly Sabertooth. Friendly Venom plays Lethal Protector, <laughs> <laughs> bodyguarding the enemy Sabertooth's attack. Triggering so many snacks, <laughs> so many <laughs> snacks triggers. <laughs> you attack enemy saber tooth. Uh, whose turn is it? <laughs> That's what happened, dude.
2: It was fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, it it was it was amazing. I actually did it intentionally, planning to play lethal protector, and Jeremy didn't notice it. It was great. Uh, so anyway, moving on to our next from the forums, uh enchantress rule. Uh, let me check the name. It's Amora's Kiss. Are you guys familiar with this one? She just um, came out, so...
1: That's, that's the one that It's the ability to steal an objective take, token yeah, from somebody? Yeah, take objectives,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting clarification. Yes, Enchantress can steal the enemy Wakandan herb that you normally can't pick up. Oh my god. Because you can't use the interact action to pick it up, but you can use a superpower to take an objective from an opponent. So so another reason to never play that garbage mission (laughs) fun fun times right all right so we're moving on to our next uh from the forums this one is actually one i've been wanting an answer to for a long time i've just been lazy and not asked it myself so i'm really glad someone posted this so the question is um let's think of a way i can explain the situation to somebody and have it make sense audibly So let's say there's a character standing on top of a car, right? And hypothetically, there's a perfect circle of characters standing right next to that car all the way around, right? They're not quite touching the car. They're just right next to it. So a model couldn't fit between the car and all these models, right? It's impossible for them to fit there. And there's no gap all the way around. Just picture that in your brain. Okay. So car, enemy model on top, unnamed model circling it. Uh. Thor uses strongest one there is to throw the model on top of the car. What happens? There's nowhere for them to place off the car, and they can't place half on the car and half not on the car. So if they were to continue off the car, they would collide with one of the other models, but they can't stand there because they have to be completely on the train or not completely on the train. And so basically what happens? The answer is the collision still happens, and the model backtracks to back on top of the car along the, the path it was thrown. So basically mm. what will happen is you'll continue in a straight line the direction you're thrown until you contact an enemy model, at which point the collision is triggered. The collision will then be resolved. Then you, when the model is not legally standing, you back it up until it's back in a legal position, the shortest distance you could possibly move to be in a legal position along the path you moved. Then you resolve the collision. So the answer is both things happen you get the you get the throw damage, and the model is still standing on top of the car, not in contact with the enemy model. It's kind of weird, but that's kind of what I was hoping it would be because that that made the most sense intuitively, I think because one thing can't happen and the other thing might happen, so I'm glad you get the the impact i was but anyway, hoping... I know that's kind of boring if you already knew that stuff,
2: but I was hoping for the singularity. Just because I that that is much more amazing. <laughs> very very small worm. Very small. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Both models are sucked in. Man, <laughs> then, then magneto your magneto model can close the singularity, and that's it. The end. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: good. Makes it suck in. <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us into our quote air quotes main topic today, which is a pretty small topic. This probably won't take us very long. We mainly wanted to talk about because we've been building a lot of not affiliated lists lately. Uh, is it overrated to play affiliated lists? Is it maybe a, excuse me? Is it maybe okay sometimes to play outside of affiliations, or have a plan for unaffiliated lists within your roster?
1: I'll, I'll start Jeremy, with something that I obviously go, ahead,
0: go. Oh, okay. Well, now that Parker's ready to talk because it, he. It was his time to talk, and he chose not to. But I guess we'll do it now. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Thank you uh, for yielding the floor. I uh, the one thing I feel like that I really that kept me from doing this for a long time was just how deep the game was, uh, specifically in tactics cards, because uh, the, a lot of the tactics cards that you could play outside of the team tactics cards seemed so much weaker by comparison with the example of a few outliers that always seem to make it so this you know now that we have some really strong tactics cards being attached to multiple characters uh that are also really strong and the tactics cards just seem to be extremely uh uh, interesting tactics wise or multipliers then basically you your list can is now not like several characters that enable you to play a strong tactics card. It's just one character, like a faction unto themselves, playing their one awesome uh, tactics cards. So you're now able to, you know, supplement the great models on the board that you wanted with, you know, the tactics options now, which is something we did that didn't really exist earlier in the game.
0: Cool. So basically Parker likes uh, playing unaffiliated tactics cards.
1: I do, yeah. I like, oftentimes I will be cutting a lot of Team Tactics cards, um, like a lot of them, just so I can put in the individual ones, because the individual ones seem so much stronger.
0: Just for in clarity, in case anyone at home is confused, I think we all know what he's talking about, but all of the Tactics cards are Team Tactics cards. You mean the unaffiliated Tactics cards and the affiliated Tactics cards.
1: Yes, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I'm just making
0: sure everybody's on the same page. I I think we all, I think most people knew what you're talking about. I just want to clarify. True. Uh, Jeremy, what do you want to go with your thoughts on unaffiliated lists?
2: Sure. Um, as for, should you do it? Should you not do it? Is it good, bad, ugly, whatever? Um, sitting here thinking about it. I'm thinking about what we looked up on the rules forum earlier with, uh, a quote from Will Pagani, um, The answer is maybe. (laughs) The answer is maybe. Strong maybe. Strong maybe. Um, There's just... immediately. Yeah. Good lord. So, there's just so many strong affiliated tactics cards that are just like game exploders. Like, um, Wakanda forever. Like, everybody attacks again. That's crazy. Avengers. Everybody gets to move for one power. Like, there's so many really good ones. But then again um uh there there's there's some that are not so great some of the faction abilities are not so great so is it better to simply say i'm going to put these excellent cards for these excellent five or four point characters and really get every bit of juice out of this um and is that better or the equivalent will that win you a game god and i i don't know but i can tell you it's a lot of fun Because I've played a bunch of them now trying to see what you can do. And when you get a bunch of guys running around who really don't care. They don't care to be within three. They don't give a shit about any special things. They're not worried about um, getting things cheaper. Because they already got awesome cards. And they already produce power because they're awesome. Um, So maybe. I mean, I I certainly haven't played it enough to have a definitive answer. But it's really a lot of fun. That's kind of the answer I have for now.
0: Yeah. I think uh, we've been we've been kind of spitballing stuff at the shop. And since we've been talking about list building lately, I think it's something you might look at. Like obviously most rosters won't have something like this, but you should probably look. And if you're playing a very thin margin on affiliated characters, kind of like Jeremy was talking about with his X-Men list, he's basically got Beast, Storm, maybe Wolverine, and then Taskmasters, basically his affiliates. And then like six more unaffiliated people. And so his goal is basically to already jam as many unaffiliated in there as possible because he's trying to abuse the faction ability on other characters. And so sometimes when you're doing that, those characters don't necessarily synergize with each other. They synergize with the affiliation. But if you look at it and you're like, well, so I basically have eight six to eight characters in here that don't really give a shit about my affiliation. Maybe I want to... Like look and see if maybe they just work well together on their own, because when when we did the the Bash Bros list, which is like the Storm plus big dudes, it is it started out as what if we just put all the the big guys in one list and just said screw the affiliation, and then at the end we were like, well you know we could just put like Storm and Taskmaster in here and it's affiliated, and you're like, well you know that's not so bad because you know Beast might already be in the list, so you only need three out of five, and so you can basically at the table decide if you're going to play unaffiliated. i don't think going to the table with no way to play affiliated lists is a good idea but if you have like the option to make it close then maybe that's better it's like if you're you probably wouldn't want to squeeze in like dr strange who's not only expensive but going to take out multiple roster spots with his stones and himself that's probably not a great idea but someone easy like Miles like if you're like well I was already playing Ghost Spider because she's a great support character and she's fast well squeezing in Miles and Taskmaster or Miles and Bucky isn't really that hard either so so maybe look at something like that so maybe do like a hybrid of like well sometimes I'm going to play on Affiliate like sometimes at 17 points I just want to play strange magneto and modok and just do what i want and not worry about other things because like i have enough power generation i have enough defense i have enough mobility like i just want to like do the characters i want to do so maybe the affiliation isn't so important
2: i think you have to look at the missions um i think it depends on what like if you roll priority obviously you get to decide you decide like okay um i want to play huge points, so i'm going to play this 20 Um, And that's the point of it. But then they may may not play Gamma. They may not play in the center of the table like you want. So if they say 20 and then they play one that goes wide on you, you may not want to play the big guys. You may want to go affiliated so you can drop a couple extra dudes in there and and get some synergy going because you're going to need help. But what I find is if they play in the middle of the table and they play enough points, 18 plus, um, you've got a game against it. That's what I've seen thus far in the few games I've done.
0: Nice. So, Parker, do you have any theories that you've tried? Would you try your Griefer list out of affiliation, or do you, would you always try and slam it into an affiliation regardless?
1: The one thing that affiliation does for me whenever I'm trying to build a list is it, it usually frees up not just the points for the leader character that gives you the list, but the other two characters you have to bring along with it, right? Like, it's usually, it's it's freeing up somewhere between, like, 10 to 14, you know, points to let you, you know, create your full, you know, gamut, whatever, uh, whatever you know, style you're trying to push. So in, like, a Griefer list, when I'm trying to do a lot of reactions constantly, um, I dreamed of the ability to not have to play, you know, Cap, Hawkeye, and uh, Black Widow to get the great, you know, to get the awesome efficiency out of the Avengers about power. Um, and so the ability to play stronger characters in the place of those three you have to decide okay is, is playing stronger characters in the, in the place of those three a better choice than having the the my other abilities run more efficiently and the reason why i usually put my grief griefer list in guardians is only to just cut down on that cost because one of my griefing characters that i love ronin is in guardians but guardians doesn't do a lot to help that list so taking it out could be, you know, the right way to play. Um, In fact, it it likely is. I think if you're trying to build a list around a kind of theme, or you want you know, maybe it's high action efficiency, or maybe it's, you know, you want to be reacting to your opponent all the time, or you want to be manipulating other people's uh, uh, points, uh, meaning like victory points, and you want all those abilities like in one spot, I think you just have to look at how many points do you need to devote to that to actually make it impossible for your opponent to play around. And if that is like 12 or more, you know, sorry, if that's basically like nine or more, you're probably better off going unaffiliated because fitting in, uh, fitting in those points. Otherwise is going to be really difficult to do in every game. Uh, so I think it's, it's all about like what, which models are you choosing or you're kind of collecting together to do whatever it is you're trying to, to, to accomplish with your game. And then you look at, okay, can I put them into the, uh, any list with an affiliation and get it to happen? And I guess in this way, it's not affiliation first. It's, it's model first or, or theme first. Yeah. So,
0: so like when we were, when I was building the X-Men list that was kind of inspired by John's list, where it was basically Cyclops is the leader and you need a power battery like uh, Red Skull or Vision or Wong to hand out power to your quality attackers. We were we were trying to find a way to get like Sabretooth and Vision and Wolverine into one list and it just wasn't working cuz the points cuz mm-hmm. you're like I need Vision, I need Venom, I need Sabretooth, I need Wolverine and Cyclops and it's like well I'm already at 20 points like this isn't working. And so they, we were always like one character short we felt like. And so I think basically what kind of born the bash bros list was like let's just get rid of the x-men junk that isn't worth it like it's we're trying to make up for the lack of efficiency from these base models that was giving us our affiliation bonus and make up for that with these extremely efficient mercenary type models that were dropping into a subpar efficient list to make up for its failings what if we just cut the head off the snake and just like had all meat right like what if it was just all the good stuff in the middle would we need the power sharing and that's kind of like what started that thought process and then obviously ghost rider and ronin are obviously just a great combo to slam into that um and then later on uh we played one game that's also about a report we played we play tested the list we built last week the web warriors list versus a swarm list where it was basically guardians of the galaxy but in addition to the base, like four or five Guardians you normally play, it was just all the other two point models as well. And so at 15 points, you get like six characters. It's like silly the amount of people you get to bring because it's six two pointers and then oh no, seven. It's seven characters at 15 points. But we and pl- then you just like slam Starlord in on top and you're like, we, we played at 18. But the lit, like, can you imagine? You, you have to play Gamma Waves and your opponent's like, cool. Here's my seven guys, and you're like, what? Like, like how how do you deal with seven characters? Like, like it's like, well, you're not affiliated. It's like I don't need Star Lord's fucking plucky attitude to get me through this game. I have seven <laughs> bros. Like, like this, we're about to go to here. Like, what do you do about it? It's like I have three freaking characters. It's like I don't care if Magneto toasts two of them because you know what they are? They're body blockers, so you can't throw shit at the rest of my guys. And then everyone just comes over the top, and you're like, oh no. It's like, congrats, you killed Okoye and Wong. I'm so crippled.
2: Now that they have so many models. Anyway, so released, that's what... Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. It's, more, it, it's an interesting topic. Again, I, I'm still a, a yeah. solid maybe.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's an interesting idea to have a dual plan. Kind of like, do you play dual affiliations? Like, well, do you play one affiliation, one unaffiliated? I think we're getting to the point where it's becoming an option especially with multiple unaffiliated characters now released because Punisher isn't in an affiliation. And so like, you're not really expected expecting anything from your affiliation on Punisher. Like he's, he's so good on his own just as a drop in. It's like, well, if you just put a bunch of characters like that into a group, maybe we'll see more unaffiliated characters in the future that don't need help from anybody. Like they're kind of designed as a complete package on their own. That's where a lot of like the leaders are missing something. Like, they're meant to get help from their team.
1: And I think that's, like, the key, right? Uh, That's what I kind of said earlier, like, a a character that's that is its own faction. Ghost Rider is a really good example. Like, he Mm -hmm. is in Defenders, but he doesn't do necessarily anything for Defenders precisely. But he's got all these other things. He's got, like, the ability to help other people when they get attacked. It doesn't mean they don't have to be Defenders. He has the ability to uh, harm your opponent when they're doing crits. Uh, he doesn't have to be in defenders. He comes back from the dead. If there, if you have another character on the board, he can move characters around. Like, he has two faction cards himself, and he himself has this cool theme. He's like a little faction. So, the like, mm-hmm. dropping a bu- and there are now like eight characters like that. You could probably I, I would eight, I think there are eight, would there, there, there are so many characters like that now. It's
2: easy to do that. <laughs> I would even argue that he doesn't even like to be in Defenders. That's a lot of goddamn points. Like, that's right. so expensive. Right. I do think
0: Strange and Ghost Rider is a really strong combo, but it's hard to swallow, like, the 12 points when you're probably taking the Time Stone. That's huge. It's like, man, what do you do now? It's like, well, you might as well just put Ronan in because you're done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the list.
2: Good lord. And then
0: you're going to freaking field dressing your dazed Ronan that's grievously wounded and just deal with it.
1: mmm yeah, I'm just Did looking like
0: that yet? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Ronan up now.
1: I'm just kinda uh, looking it's at the gotta game. Say
0: enemy effect, right?
1: I was just looking at the game right now, just like flipping through characters. Yeah. And there are a lot of characters that just kind of they're just going to do their thing. They don't need a faction. Like they are kind of their own faction. They have cards, they have cool stuff. Like Ghost Rider, that... Green Goblin. Uh
2: Yeah, but so let let's just we'll reflect back real quick. If you give up Mm. on not taking Avengers, you say, I'm not going to do Avengers. How much power, like, are you just getting rid? Like, you're just like, you know what?
0: If you're playing a list that could be an Avengers, you should probably be playing Avengers. Mm -hmm. Like, -hmm. like, I don't think that's the argument. I think the argument is, if you come up with a cool concept and can't get it to fit into an affiliation, don't stop. Keep going Maybe you can make up for that By not having to take those Semi-required affiliation Mm -hmm. leaders It's like If you're building an Avengers list That really isn't an Avengers list Like Parker was doing He was trying to get the the Ghost Rider Ronin list To fit inside of Avengers And it doesn't work Because by the time you buy Ghost Rider And the Power Stone And Ronin And freaking Captain America It's like you're out of points Like You can't get affiliated anymore It's like, you can throw in Black Widow and, what, Taskmaster and try? Like, so what? Who cares? Like, 18 points, maybe you squeeze into Avengers? Like, how about you just take Venom and Sabretooth and just say no cap? Like, I'll be okay.
1: And between Venom, between Venom has Lethal Protector, uh, Sabretooth has two cards that are great, Uh, Ghost Rider has uh, one card that's phenomenal, and another card that's that's just fine, and like, it's there's so many characters in the game right now that are going to bring so many fantastic things also into your game. Like it's, yeah. there are characters in the game now that you, you drop and list because they have that tactics card because they have that one rule listed. So like, yeah. so if you can do that enough times in your, in your kind of mercenary hodgepodge, the potpourri of, of Marvel crisis, like it should be really strong. Um, And and like you said, Jeremy, it's, it's, if you can put it in, sure. That's what I did with the guardian thing, but yeah.
0: I just wanted to say, you keep bringing up like the space in the roster. Honestly, I think we're already at the point where people don't play very many affiliation cards. Like, I think the Mm -hmm. only time they get played is when they're the really good ones because there's honestly just factions that have good affiliated cards and there's factions that don't like, that's just true. Like, Avengers Assemble is the only Avengers card I think I've seen played in, like, six months. Like, it just doesn't happen. Like, you can't compare cards like Anger Management and Second Wind to the affiliation cards being released now. Like, they're not the same. Like, some are, like, the early game, like, learning stuff and, like, cool interactions that aren't really going to see very much table time. And then you see, like, the Inhuman cards where every one of these is going to get played. And then even recent releases like the X-Men, it's like yeah, these are cool, they're they're unique, they're utility stuff, but, like, you don't really need them at all. Like, it's just extra. And, like, I think I, I started seeing everyone taking three of the X-Men cards, and now I see at best one. At best, they take one. And so I think that's just, unfortunately, how the game is working. Like, there's the factions, like, I think Criminals take two or three, and I think Inhumans will take two or three, and then Cabal will take two or three, Two, and then you won't see very many affiliates. Maybe one in the other ones.
2: I think things are really going to be changed up when people have to take the one where you don't heal anymore. Like that's probably going to become yeah. kind of an auto include. So, what do we get to choose? One now? We get to choose one card?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually really dislike that. I, I think it should immediately go on the restricted roster. You should have to choose, because it's just going to be three auto includes in every roster, either that, or they need to expand the amount of tactic slots in a roster. I really actually think that would help the game. If the, you had 10 ca- tactic slots instead of eight, I think the game would be massively improved, and it obviously grievous wounds slides into one. So three of them are basically your restricted cards, because if grievous wounds doesn't get restricted it it's an auto include in every single list because field dressing is the best card in the game. The card that counters the best card in the game is then the second best card in the game. In my opinion, I know it doesn't quite work like that, but I'm telling you it's going to swing games so hard. So those are three auto includes. If you have one affiliated card auto include, you're choosing four cards. Generally two of those go towards character specifics like lethal protector or exceptional healing. And so now you're basically picking two cards. Like you're personal choices are two like realistically and I think just think that's a little sad you never get to see cards like marked for death or recal really because they're so busy taking other stuff and even if they take it it doesn't make the the actual list for your squad so it doesn't really matter when's the last time you saw he, Heave Ho played in a game Jeremy
2: um well I played Heave Ho <laughs> Thunderclap and um yeah I, uh, I like those a Repulsar lot Repulsor Blast Repulsor Blast I played that one too mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we were playing uh, disarm and uh, trip up in a game recently, and it was actually like I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot these were good cards!" <laughs> like, like, what do you do? Like the last time I got disarmed was uh, October of nineteen. Like, I can't even remember.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, so times.
0: I just wish. Like, I think there, I think there are a lot of good cards, and I think a, a pick ban system long term might actually be a good format to break it up a little bit. That way, we don't see like the same eight cards over and over again because if you brought like i don't know like let's see like basically like if the what's the is it battle arena i can't remember the name of the freaking format we played on stream uh basically the pick band format in the alternate game modes Mm -hmm. it was actually really fun uh we didn't put much prep into it so it looked like we were noobs because we were we we intentionally didn't practice it so it would be like our first time playing it and it was a lot of fun actually like once we actually got to like into the picks and bans it was actually a lot of fun and so we i kind of want to try that again we just put some more thought into list building um i think there's a lot of strategy in that and mainly like or like the drafting format like we were talking about in the pre-ramble being able to draft tactics cards and stuff could be really fun that way you're not worried about like the same people playing the same stuff over and over again every game i like to play new stuff i wouldn't want to play it as a league format because i don't want to be stuck with the same thing for like a month because i like to play different stuff Mm -hmm. All right, so I think we've... Unless you guys have something to add on the unaffiliated topic, I think we beat it to death, pretty much.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Careful, we might become Games Workshop kicking dead horses.
2: Oh, my. Will money come come spraying out the backside of it if we keep kicking it? I mean, I assume. (laughs) But guys, what if Space Hulk comes out again and it's
0: only $400? Anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, we just priced it at the last eBay price. (laughs) I don't see the problem. Yeah, okay. Uh, Moving on to our next topic, uh, which is a kind of new segment. We've done something similar to this before, but this is going to be the one moving forward. It's called Over and Under. Each of us, in turn, will choose something that we're going to choose category first. And then we'll choose something in that category that we think is overrated. And then once we've all done that, we'll go through and pick something that we each think is underrated in turn. Uh, are you guys ready? Have you picked yours? I'm picked. So if you guys need a moment to think, I can go first. We're doing, oh, we doing characters first, right? Today, today our, our topic is characters. So we'll each choose one character we think is overrated and probably gets played too much. And then one character that's underrated and needs to be played more. And then this will come out in the future and it'll be all different things. Like, tactics cards, crisis cards, affiliations, whatever. I don't think you guys are going to duplicate me. So this is going to be
3: interesting. uh uh-huh.
0: I assume that Parker's going to be different because he doesn't know how to play the game.
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: I assume Jeremy's just going to choose models I play and or don't play.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with the hot take on that one.
0: Ooh, I think mine are... My overrated is going to be a super nuclear take.
2: Oh, good. I think mine will, too. I'm in it Ugh. for the views. <laughs> I'm in it. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, righty, so uh, who wants to go first? Parker, why don't you go first? I'll go last, so we'll go Parker, Jeremy, me.
1: All right, uh, overrated. I'm actually going to go with um, a really popular two-point drop-in, and this might be a little Ooh. controversial, but I think uh, Rocket Raccoon's a little overrated. Uh, I I'm going think... to beat you to death. <laughs> uh, I think he is. I think he's... I think I almost picked him as
0: underrated. No, I think <laughs> he's, I bitch. think he's
1: overrated. I think uh, I I don't like the idea of just dropping him in as your two point character. Um, I mean that he is a turret and he's a really strong turret. I'm not saying he's a weak character, um, but I do think uh, people's reliance on him in their lists as as their two point drop in is is not okay. I think he belongs in guardians. Um, I think he belongs in a list where you're trying to like force energy range damage, um, but I think that's where he belongs. I don't like just dropping him in okay. every list.
0: I strongly disagree, but that's your opinion, so
2: it's like your everyone opinion. Everyone will man. just
0: know that you have bad ones. Jeremy, what do you think about Rocket as an overrated character?
2: Ooh, has a two-point drop in. He's two points. He always has cover, and he will survive. Usually, um, almost always, one attack. And sometimes he survives two attacks for no apparent reason. Um, I think he's uh, yeah.
0: Oh my god! I think
2: he's just right or better than all right. Like Mm. always having cover is ridiculous.
0: I have Hulk smashed Rocket and he didn't die. (laughs) I have I have Cosmic blasted him while spending three extra power to roll eight energy dice and he didn't die. I was so mad. All right, so that's that's Parker's first pick. Uh, Jeremy, you're up for overrated
2: overrated oh man Mm -hmm. well i haven't played this model yet um but she's five fucking points we talked about her a little bit earlier (laughs) but fuck angela like i seriously don't i don't (laughs) see it um she's a a
0: giant pile of crap she's She's worthless
2: she's a long mover her powers like heaven's wrath is three i Mm -hmm. um i don't know i think she's stupid parker
0: okay um
2: (laughs) Overrated. Are you just trolling him, or you're you're being honest? I I actually think that she's fine. I actually think she's pretty mm. good. But but
0: people can, are losing. I their can shit. tell
2: you, everyone in the world's losing their shit over her. Mm. But I think I once once they pay the tax of five points and also pay for Thor, good luck, man. Okay. Oh,
0: well, you don't have to pay for Thor.
2: <sighs> I think that's where it's at, I think that there's there's a handful of uh, missions oh. that really they love. And I think she'll do really well. I I just don't think that she's everything.
0: I think there's a lot of Guardians players that are really hot and bothered to get her on the table. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think that giving her rerolls and giving her, uh, just just rerolls, honestly. So she really <laughs> needs. Uh, <laughs> As so many fucking dice. I will say that her spending attack is massively overrated. That attack is not yeah. good. She will very rarely ever use that attack. And so if you actually look at her kit, I don't see how she's going to spend all of her power. Like, she's going to be sitting on 10 power most of the game. Like, because why? Like, unless she gets a god turn off and just gets to keep triggering Assassin or something. Is that even multi-use? Can you use the Angelic Assassin more than once?
2: No. Once per turn.
0: Yeah, so I don't see how she's... She she can spend four without using her spending attacks, right? That's her max spend. So... Well, oh, she can also throw... She gets two... Yeah. yeah, so she spends four, right. she generates two automatically, and she attacks people. How is she not going to stack up power without taking damage? She's a she's a perpetual energy machine. Like, like mm-hmm. before damage is dealt to her, she has power. You no, know, so if you're using her to play a bunch of tactics cards, that's fine. But like, God, Ronan, wish he had power problems like this, right?
2: Mm. I my my whole point was, it, it, it's what we already said, like. She's been hot since the word came out that she was coming out. Um
3: yeah.
2: and we didn't see this kind of flurry of intensity about Magneto, and Magneto is every bit as good as people thought for six points. She's five points. I just oh, don't... Every,
0: everyone was just standing in a quarter sweating, hoping he didn't get nerfed before released. <laughs> yeah.
2: But that's my hot take. Angela, I think she's overrated. Yeah.
0: No, okay. Interesting. Uh, I didn't expect you to go that direction. Uh, that really surprised me. But I see your point. You're definitely more correct than Parker. Parker's off the podcast. <laughs> uh, moving on to, our, to my overrated uh. model. I think this is going to surprise you guys, although I think I've mentioned it before. Killmonger is overrated. He is taken in way too many lists, and I think he should only be played in some. Uh, he has not aged very well. I think he's still a good model, but I think he gets jammed into a lot of lists out of habit. He used to be the gold standard of damage, and he was in basically wave one. Like, he was in the first thing after the core set launch, basically. And so, obviously, he was, he's was he been there for so long, and he's like a comfort blanket. I think he's aged out of usefulness because he doesn't have a way to generate extra attacks. He can't throw. He can't push if I recall. I don't think he even has a push.
2: Yeah, stagger. So he has
0: he stagger. Has, he has stagger, which is great. He can throw a lot of dice, which is great. He has an energy strike with pierce, which is great. He does good stuff, but he has two actions. He can perform two attacks. That's the line. If you need to attack multiple people, he's really bad, actually. Because he doesn't get his extra dice for attacking the same person twice. And there's actually a lot of times he can't hit the same person twice. Sometimes because that person gets dazed, but... I was just, he's lackluster for a four-point melee beater in a lot of situations. Not all, some. I just think he's, he's, it's time to move on from Killmonger and start playing some of the new characters like Wolverine, uh, Sabertooth, Venom. That's my opinion. Even though Venom came out same time as him, but that's my, that's my thought.
2: Uh, Take it apart, yell at me. Yeah, well, to me, I would disagree slightly in that I never thought he was everything. Um... In a few lists, he was okay, but I did hear or see people like go, oh, he's like a mini Hulk. No, no, he's not. Um, And you're absolutely right. Oh, he's
0: way better than Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) They were Uh, wrong. He is
2: way better than Hulk. So, I mean, for for four points, (laughs) I think he fits there really well. I think he's a four-point model. He does his one job really well, and he can sometimes earn you a few extra points if you take the card, which is going to get harder now that there's another card that you need to take forget tactics cards. Uh how about this?
0: I think Sabretooth is just better than him in a in a vacuum.
2: I'm way more scared of Sabretooth than I am of him. Yeah. For sure. I
0: do if I see if I see Killmonger on a flank, I'm like, "Okay, I know how this ends." And then if I see Sabretooth, I'm like, "Damn it. I do <laughs> not want to do this fight cuz every time I look at what to do, I'm going to be worried I'm going to trigger aggressive at the wrong time. And he's gonna like move out of range of somebody, or he's going to attack me back and roll insane and kill me. So they they're both five dice strikes with Pierce. Obviously, Killmonger's being energy is good in a lot of situations, but he doesn't do auto bleed, which Sabretooth does. He doesn't punch you back. He had, Killmonger has zero reactions. He he's done, you can kill him. It's like as soon as he puts that check mark down, it's like, goodbye, Killmonger, you're done. As we're Sabretooth not only has a defensive card that will keep him alive through a lot of bullshit, but he heals. He's great in 1v1 fights. How do you beat Sabretooth 1v1? Killmonger can't do it. No. Because Sabretooth walks up and punches you. Killmonger punches Sabretooth and dies. Like,
2: what do you do? Like, also, you can't That's why throw I think Sabretooth he's overrated because... Most of the time.
0: Yeah, size three hurts you on the throws. Uh, Killmonger obviously can't because he can't. Uh, obviously, Sabretooth has some downsides, but... You know, Killmonger is less versatile, I'll say. He's definitely a better battering ram. Like he can break through just about any defense, but he can't deal with control as well as Sabretooth can, like getting shot with like pushing attacks off of a point. Um, the counter-attacking alone. Like the amount of mental effort your opponent will have to spend on how to get around his counter-attack and not like worry about getting dazed from his stupid retaliatory strikes. Also, honestly. Sabertooth just hits harder than Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Killmonger only hits super hard in very select situations. He has to have someone to attack twice, he has to spend a decent amount of power, and he has to have kill count tokens. Sabertooth just needs to be damaged. Like you punch Sabertooth, he kills you. That's how Sabertooth works.
2: <laughs> I'll say he's also spe- a long mover. He's like, oh there, sweet, I take one- 3
0: damage, I spend for no mercy, you're dead. Next person. Like you just There is
1: on. one thing I'll say about Killmonger though that that uh, I there's one thing that's continually high about him is he belongs in three factions and he actually likes being in all three factions. Uh, and there are sure. there are very few characters that belong in multiple factions like he does and also helps every faction like he does. And he benefits from all their tactics cards. He, he loves all the things that they do. So I think it's mm-hmm. one of the things about Killmonger as like a character is if you, were, if you wanted to buy, if I wanted to like tell a new player to buy a character, I would... Killmonger is one of those characters I would suggest because I know that sure. character is going to get so much mileage out of him in so many different factions. As your collection grow, Killmonger only becomes more valuable, not less. So that's one thing about I, Killmonger that keeps the hype up for him is that they keep printing factions that he's good in. <laughs> they keep putting him in things.
0: I actually disagree with that point. He's obviously great in Wakanda and you're always going to play in Wakanda because they're a parasitic faction. Their abilities work on each other and not a lot of other people. And so you're discouraged from taking people not within Wakanda. And so obviously Killmonger will never be replaced in Wakanda. That's, that's just never going to happen. He's perfect in Wakanda. It's literally the place he's from. So that's fine. In Cabal, Sabretooth has already replaced him. Like, because you look at the cards, you're like, all right, well, Cosmic Invigoration is good on... Killmonger, it's also really good on Sabretooth. And it's like, well, Dark Rain's great on Killmonger. It's like, is it? He he already has a built-in mechanic that's a large part of his kit about getting his own rerolls. And he's the squishiest character that you're going to be playing at four points in Cabal. It's like, he just gets targeted first. I actually think that he's noticeably worse than Sabretooth in Cabal. Because you know who really needs rerolls and wants Dark Rain? Sabertooth. That's who wants it. It's like Sabretooth is tougher. Sabretooth hits harder most of the time. Killmonger will out him in the perfect situations, but Sabretooth is just a better, well rounded character. The biggest problem you'll see is um, not having charge, which is admittedly a fault of Sabretooth, but he does have access to, to Weapon X training, which will give you a pseudo charge, and aggressive on a lot of turns is better than charge. If you don't want to spend the two power, Charge is actually pretty hurtful.
1: If you like, don't say that you... Sabretooth is your underrated character, I'm going to just leave this podcast right now.
0: <laughs> no, I think people know Sabretooth is good, is the, is why I don't pick Sabretooth. Uh, so Criminals is really the question, right? So moving on to Criminals. Criminals has the problem of a lot of their good characters aren't out yet, I think, because is it Mysterio in Criminals and Black Cat's in Criminals?
1: Black Cat is, and Mysterio is as well. Pretty I mean, sure Mysterio
0: yeah. is. So you're you're down two characters in a moderately sized faction, and they have a two giant turds in their faction. Bullseye and Crossbones are worthless to me. If I if I lost them, I would not be sad. Like if I if someone broke into my car, took Crossbones and Bullseye, I'd be like, well, I guess that's kind of unfortunate, but it doesn't really affect me at all. It's like I'm glad they didn't take my old Nickelback CD. God, I'd be I'd be traumatized. No, I'm just kidding. I listen to it quick, but. But you see my point? Like, the problem is they have two bad characters. So even if they have like seven or eight people in their faction right now, well, they really have like five or six? And so of the five or six, yeah, Killmonger's going to make the list because he's a good character. He's not a
2: bad four-point model. I don't think he's great in, he's in just, criminals at all, actually. I mean, I
0: think when people talk about Killmonger, they talk about how great he is. And that's why I picked him. I think he's not great. I think he's good. He's okay. He fits in lists, but unless he's in there for affiliation reasons, which is beyond the point, because he's in there for affiliation reasons. That's not talking about how good the model is. Mm. And so I think that's the only reason he should be played at this point is if you have a very specific strategy in mind or you need him for affiliation. And so I think he's overrated. All right, Parker, you're up for the, or for the underrated character,
1: uh, underrated character for me. Um, I, I struggle with this a little bit because I like playing underdogs um, and I have a lot of love for some of the underrated characters of the game <sighs> I've already talked and also my favorite underrated character is I actually don't know how underrated he actually is I don't know if there's places where you see this guy all the time I wanted to say Ronin because uh, we don't because Ronin you don't see a lot of Ronin I wanted to say him at first but I, I do not know if, if there are places like oh, there are Ronin meta is so hard around here I don't know
0: The KC meta is trying to put him on the map. Yeah. We play Ronan a lot more than other people. Yeah.
1: So, so, uh, I decided to go for, um, I don't know who I lost. Now I'm being silly. (laughs) Say
2: Andrew. I was, I was going to say when you were, no, I I got, I I remember, I remember what it is. I remember. I'm sorry.
1: It was, uh, the underrated character was actually, and I know he's the leader of a faction, which makes it kind of risky, but black Panther, uh, I think Black Panther out of faction is still a really good character. Uh, we've talked about it a, little, a little bit on the podcast, and I've become more and more a believer in Black Panther. Every time I see him in other factions and interacts with other abilities, um, he seems really strong. The fact that he also enables your list to you know, uh, split into Wakandans is fantastic. I think uh, uh, Wakandans has always been like a, a pretty solid second faction, but I think Black Panther by himself... Is actually a worthwhile choice and isn't chosen enough. When you look at his kit for four points, he really he defends outside of his weight class and hits outside of his weight class. So I like him. I yeah. I think he's underrated. No, I
0: I actually very much agree with you. I think I think Black Panther is very much underrated. He doesn't get taken out of affiliation very often, and he's honestly I don't see him in Avengers very often either. Uh, I've played a couple games with him because of the Wakandan list, list we built and. Every game I play with him, I'm like, man, why don't I play this guy? He's so good. Um, Jeremy, do you have anything to say about him?
2: Uh, I can't tell you how many games where you stare at another model that's already activated, and you're like, well, I either have to kill this model or figure out how to push him off the point. You know who does that real good? Mm -hmm. Black Panther. And that's how you win games. Like, that's literally the winning of a game. He's, He's excellent. He's old,
0: but he's excellent. I thought you were leading into that. I thought you were leading into that with like, how do you deal with Black Panther once he's gone? I was like, well, at least he has he's already activated, so he won't do that again. No. <laughs> like I thought that's where you were Jesus going with Christ. that. No,
2: he's super good.
0: Yeah, no, Black Panther is amazing. His kit is really solid. Uh I unfortunately, due to the Kansas City meta, no one takes four point characters that they don't absolutely require for affiliation. <laughs> but I think we're we're starting to. And uh he's one of the ones that that's like exactly like I was talking about, like unaffiliated lists, like So what? What if you just built a list of good four-point characters? Like, it's probably fine. Like, what if you just took, like, Venom and Sabretooth and Black Panther and just put them all in one list? What's what's the problem? Everybody who
2: is an animal name has to go in the list. Yeah.
0: I almost chose Black Panther as my underrated model, so I do Killmonger Black Panther. Because I know when it first came out, People are like, just throw the Black Panther away. Like, Nobody played Black Panther. It was just Killmonger. Everyone, every game had at least one Killmonger in it. And I didn't see Black Panther, but the two times I played him, I don't think I ever played against him. All right, Jeremy, you're up.
2: Okay. So mine, being that I've been on this Griefer um, list build, trying to make it miserable for everyone on the table, um, I'm going to include the one who i haven't actually fit in my list yet but loki (laughs) I, i think loki is crazy good um and if you've been on the other side of trying to spend your power to do things and your opponent reminds you it costs one more and you suddenly can't do anything you can't charge you can't throw the thing you wanted to throw um and you have to re like address how your turn is going to be even though you've activated it moved and you're like fuck well i guess this guy's wasted um, and you can target Loki when he lets you target him, which is also annoying. Uh, yeah. And I'm talking about the five point Loki not the four. Yeah. Mind stone Loki. Mm-hmm. Not six point Loki. Oh, I'm sorry. Six. It's the mine. He doesn't even
0: remember which two point stone he can take. Yeah,
2: no, he doesn't want the, yeah. Space he wa- stone. He wants the, yeah. Six points.
0: I think space stone Loki might have some play actually. Uh, nobody's actually looked at what happens when you get to move Thor out of activation but i i think it's interesting anyway moving on uh i again i'm going to strong disagree with this i almost picked him as overrated uh i think that and this is going to sound really bad because i played you playing loki but i think every time i have played and lost to loki it's it was despite my opponent's play uh every time i play against loki dice happen honestly like, I go to attack Loki, and like no matter how many six-dice attacks I spend at him, he takes zero damage. Which it's not because of I am a god, because they always forget they have it. It's they literally just stand there, and I just don't roll hits. Um, I do think the stuff he brings to the, the table is valuable. I don't think it's worth his point cost. That's my position on it. I've played a little bit of Asgard, not a ton. But I every time I put Loki on the table, I'm like, you are just like half of modok and i just want you to be all of modok (laughs) and you cost the same Uh like i just don't like loki is easier to kill than modok in my opinion like he sure he's elusive but like that shit costs power loki doesn't have infinite power he has a lot especially with the mind stone but dude it's like three power a turn he doesn't attack very often where's your power coming from And it's like, well, I can't attack him. He'll just trickster away. It's like, exactly. Which means you've spent nothing and he spent three power. Just do that every time. And it's like, make him trickster away. Get his debuff off of you. Attack somebody else. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem that hard to me, but I don't know. I I have lost Loki. He has definitely impacted my games. But I feel like the reason he's impacted my games is because like weird dice math meant that he doesn't die for two turns when he should. Because he's Loki. He's really I'm not good. a fan of Loki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah, not that's very good. Play better. Yeah, because Modok and Magneto point-blank dumping four attacks into Loki should do zero damage. That's math.
2: <laughs> that's what I counted on.
0: Yeah. It's legit.
2: Well, as long as my opponent rolls zero
0: hits on 24 dice, I should be fine.
2: <laughs> it would be fine.
0: Yeah. All right, so I guess it's to me now. Uh, underrated model for me. Uh, I don't know how you guys didn't see this coming. Do you have any guesses? Does anybody know what I'm going to say? Toad. It's not Toad. You're off the fucking podcast. You you weaseled your way back in with Black Panther. You said Toad, you're out. (laughs) Just turn off your computer. I'll drive to your house and unplug it for you. Uh, All right. Uh, Black Dwarf. Uh, I've said this before. Black Dwarf is underrated. He deserves more spots in non-Black Order rosters. He actually is very unloved within his own faction because there's an eight point module of two characters that are basically three characters that get taken a lot the math just doesn't work out for him to get played in his own faction which is sad because i think he's a really good character uh people look at him and they see the move short and they just give up on him which i think is very wrong because they don't take into account that the large base makes him as fast as most characters like he's not really slow and he's very hard to move he holds a flank point exceptionally well He can win you a flank as a four-point character. Sure, he's not Black Panther, like, he's not all over the place, but he does really good damage, he has a good throw, and he's almost impossible to kill 1v1. Solid four-pointer.
1: I was actually going to talk about him earlier when we were making the argument of uh, Killmonger being overrated. I actually like Black Dwarf in so many lists before Killmonger. Um, They perform different roles, but Black Dwarf is a four point character. You want to talk about like just pure efficiency for the stuff he does. Um, there's a famous moment in an early podcast when we were rating Black Order characters, and <laughs> Jeremy and I, I screamed at you guys for ten minutes. Black Dwarf. And and if you want to go back to the videotape, Brandon tries to convince us for like ah uh, what was it like seven or eight hours that he's a good character, and we I refused was to
2: believe you. He was really I was... upset. He was very upset. Yeah, I and, well, was.
0: I think it's funny because if you. I initially yell at you guys, and then I just kind of get quiet for a while because I thought you were fucking with me. I honestly <laughs> thought you were joking when you were saying he wasn't good. I was like, all right, can we get past this? And you're like, yeah, my rating's a three. I'm like, no, but what's your real rating? He's like, no, a three. I'm like, yeah, I get the joke. What's your actual rate? He's like, no, we like we rate him a three. I was like, you guys are insane. Like, I lost my shit. I didn't flaming know Flaming bag of dog shit. I thought shit. that you guys, like, like randomly like your doppelgangers had made it into the the discord call and i thought that like like they didn't know how to play the game and they thought low numbers were good like i didn't know what was happening i was like he has like the best defensive stats in the game he has like the most hit points outside of hulk and he has a six dice strike you're like yeah i just it's two for me dog i'm like what is happening after playing
1: shirt. him, after playing him, I can tell you that he is a really solid character, um, for four points. I think, and that, I yeah. think that's the thing is he's he's very very strong for for that four point thing. But I, I I agree with you. These I don't think he'll ever be rated like he should be. I think he'll always be underrated because, like you said, he doesn't fit in his own faction, and so you, people aren't putting him down to see what he does like in his own faction. And then when you're looking at the pantheon of the game, and you're looking for four-point characters, he doesn't have a lot of flash. He doesn't have a lot of glitz. Like he's not a super shiny character that does a whole yeah. bunch of things. And when you when you start crunching the numbers, you're like, holy crud! Look at all the stuff he can do. But if you're if you don't if you're looking for you know really cool tactics cards, we well, don't have any of those. If you're looking for really cool themes, we well, don't really have one of those. Uh, so yeah. he's not super attractive, but he is really strong.
0: Uh, so, some quick pros and cons. Cons, obviously, like we say, he doesn't fit in his own faction. Pros, you know who fits in his faction even less? Ebony Maw. Yeah. <laughs> that guy makes his own affiliation even less than Black Dwarf. Hey. But you know another con? He's unfortunately boxed with Ebony Maw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, he's unfortunately a $55 model, I think. Like, just. I think he might just be 50 But, yeah, it's overpriced for black dwarf because, uh, he comes with Ebony Maw, unfortunately, hopefully who will eventually be fixed. Uh, and then pros, I think his model is awesome. It's a great figure. His model is super Intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some cool detail on it. It is a little blocky because it's, it's not as clean as the new sculpts, but the, the concept of for it was spot on. They do a really good job of hiding the gaps on the model. Uh, very nice. Um, but yeah, as a, as a, very analytical person i immediately deconstruct models by their stats and then try and evaluate them that way and so as soon as I saw black dwarf, I was like this guy's insane and so i immediately tried to get him on the table but thanos just says no so often because you get into this trap of circu- uh, like circular logic of well i'm going to start my list with black dwarf and you put in thanos you put in the stones thanos wants and you're like what can i take now it's like well, I could put in Corvus Glaive. So you put Corvus Glaive, and you're like, well, Corvus Glaive needs the reality stone to be his best self. She so put in the reality stone, I was like, well, you really want Proxima if you're going to be efficient. So you put Proxima, and he's like, man, I'm four points over. Hey, I can cut this black dwarf and get down to my, my points total. And it's just every yeah. time. It just it leads back to the same spot. It's like, it just, that that affiliation abhors four-point characters. It just cannot happen. Like, the points don't work. So often. I
2: feel like... It's sad. I feel like there's two. I, I think i think criminals would really use him really well and also um storm the placement shenanigans has got to be just crazy with Mm -hmm. him and criminals being that you will never get him off the goddamn table like he's going to be on a point forever
0: yeah that's kind of true defenders as well how do you kill him in defenders when you can heal five of them every turn like he's not going anywhere
2: so he does Uh, have how about
0: this uh well, I was going to say, what if you play him in A-Force? So every time uh-huh. an ally is damaged, he gains a power. Because Does... he has pseudo-bodyguard. hmm
3: uh-huh.
0: So they attack somebody, Black Dwarf gets a power, then Black Dwarf spends two power on their next attack to redirect the attack to Black Dwarf. <laughs> And then you you get on the, da- and then you're like, oh, I took a damage, I gained a power. And then they attack somebody else, like, I gained a power. You're like, hey, I'll bodyguard this next one. and But he doesn't have to be next to the person you're bodyguarding, he has to be next to the attacker. So you just dig him in into the middle, and it's like, well, unless you're going to leave this point and let me have it, I'm going to be bodyguarding your ranged attacks, which is really annoying. Like, if he's just standing on top of MODOK, MODOK has to
2: leave. <laughs> yeah. He's I think anyway. he has play, but for some reason, we just can't seem to mm-hmm. get him in there. You know, like, yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think I just gonna. I'm going to make a stronger effort for it. I, and
0: all of the, I do this with all of the Black Order. I had to make an active effort for the X-Men list to put Corvus and Proxmen there because I look at them as like a different game. Like there's the there's the Black Order game and then there's Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I, do, I don't even keep my Black Order models with the rest of my models. I keep them in the display case with my Black diorama. I don't even put them on my tray because it's so rare I even consider putting them in a list outside of Black
2: Order. I think Corvus and Proxima have a lot of play in other, like a lot. They do, they do a lot for the game.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're good. I think there's definitely some lists that take advantage of them more. I really like the storm interaction because the medium base with two models that already want to stand near each other the whole mm-hmm. game is just is exactly what they want uh also cover plus damage reduction very solid combo already so yeah that that's great the problem with with we see every time with x-men is when you have an eight point non-x-men module guess what the rest of your list is oh it's like uh storm beast taskmaster what a great list and you're like well that's just boring like yeah. it, it's just it's derivative which is why but unfortunately with x-men and that's that situation you can't cut the affiliation because that's why the list works. The The affiliation bonus is what you're trying to abuse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we made some good choices here today. Except for Rocket. I don't know how that happened. That makes no I sense. I don't, I think
1: he's you guys let me talk to her <laughs> over 45 seconds before you poo-pooed me. And I, think he's I, 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 I think he's overrated. Undefendable! I think he's overrated. Undefendable!
0: Stop trying to defend it. It's undefendable.
1: I don't think he's King Shit of Fuck Mountain. I think he is. I think he's a great character. I do not think he should belong in every list that you can. That you like. Oh, you have a free spot. Put it in Rocket Raccoon, and you will do better. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. I don't think he's. I don't think he is a Swiss Army knife. I think he's exactly a, a really long pointy stick. And that's. And if you want that exactly, go ahead and do it. But I do not. I do not think he belongs. I don't think he needs ever needed the same treatment that we used to give Killmonger, or uh, maybe a lot of some people still do give Killmonger, where you just drop him in every list because he's Rocket Raccoon. I don't. Oh, I don't think I mean, Rocket
0: ever got to that point, but yeah. That, well, that actually, he kind of did, Be- because no, you're not just slight. It's it's Kansas City. Remember, you don't just put four point characters in list for no reason, right?
1: And that's and for uh, some for some reason that never no, happened to the I other two pointers. I
0: get your point. I just think that. My impression of where rocket was in the meta and your impression were different, which is why you chose him, which I understand. I'm just fucking with you.
1: Okay. Got it. (laughs)
0: But you are very wrong. That, that thing I said is still correct. All right. So, uh, Parker, why don't you give us a comic corner and we'll get out of here.
1: All right. So, uh, in honor of the she Hulk coming out, uh, and our other green, uh, beastie, the Hulk, uh, I don't know what is he. What is he going to do now? Hold down shelves? I feel like that's what he's doing now. Um,
0: uh, he's throwing so I, size five
2: train at you. Now. I should
0: have talked about this real quick. I'm going to pause you, Parker. I just played the ultimate list of Ultimate Destiny, which is Hulk, She Hulk, and Doctor Strange with the Time Stone. It wasn't nearly as bad as I expected it to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, being able to bodyguard your Hulk with your other Hulk and then heal both Hulks wasn't bad. Okay. So go ahead, continue.
1: Well then, uh, it it, it okay if, if, if that's all we're going to do now is play Hulks. I do have a really good one for you. It's uh, it's a famous one. When you hear yeah. it, you'll probably be like, "Oh, I've heard of that one." It's World War Hulk. Um, Greg Pak, uh, it, it was responsible for writing it, and uh, this I think this is like the second week in a row that John Romita Jr. has uh, been my the artist the, of my feature. I, I just love this guy. Anything he touches turns to to t- beautiful, but um. Greg Pak has done a lot of fantastic things, and he he loves the Incredible Hulk. He's really responsible for expanding into into like what we what we experience now in the Marvel Universe was kind of a Hulk family, uh, where there's there's so many different varieties of characters surrounding Hulk. We used to just be the Hulk and then all the humans he knew. Uh, now there's a lot the whole like superhero subgenre of Hulkish characters, and World War Hulk is a really cool story that follows uh, right behind another really great story called Planet Hulk but world war hulk i think is more applicable to the marvel crisis protocol because the the point is uh, the luminati made up of most of the characters in this game actually almost all the good guys doctor strange uh, uh black bolt uh and some of the other big thinkers uh, all decided like tony to tony stark
0: mr fantastic and uh, namor yeah. right
1: yeah that, the, there was like a later one i think the the luminati oh, okay, at this sorry. time the luminati at this time were all fairly like benign uh and they got more like sinister as as they went which is part of the point right okay. you don't try to go behind the scenes and and manipulate everyone um but uh, let's see uh, uh, but anyway they all um decide that uh, they know better the hulk constantly just kind of goes out of control and threatens the planet with his incredible power and so they decide to shoot him into deep space and so they pl- they aimed for this planet uh that was going to be inhabited by nothing and he just lives his life in peace uh but it it, uh, everything goes awry he gets sucked into uh another world and uh basically we see like part of that story where he's on that other planet told in thor ragnarok where he's kind of shows up Mm -hmm. as a gladiator and they tell a piece of that story but thor ragnarok really divorces from the one in the comic books, because in the comic books, Thor eventually takes over the whole planet, becomes emperor of the world, and then the spaceship that brought uh, him to the planet explodes, and it destroys most of the population of the planet. It is this terrifying, horrible explosion. And he survives it, of course, and a few of his loyal followers, or his closest uh, uh, people, uh, survive it, and they get in a spaceship, and come back to earth because he believes that they did it on purpose. The the human beings actually sent him to the other planet and rigged the spaceship to explode. And so he has lost his world. He's lost his new wife that was killed in the explosion and who, uh, uh, apparently her baby. Uh, so he is lost. Like, actually, I don't know if he knows that she was pregnant at the time, but he has lost everything. And so, the whole point is, you know, when you, when Hulk gets mad, you know, you don't want to you don't like it when he's mad, and this is Hulk as the maddest he's ever been in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. When he comes back to get revenge for what the heroes of the planet do. And so World War Hulk is all about that. He declares war on the planet, specifically the the heroes, the members of the Illuminati. He outs them to the world and Uh, basically points the finger and each one of them fight him in turn and he beats them all hilariously. Uh, it's, it's really good. So, uh, if you want to see a really good Hulk story, it it mixes in a lot of the characters in the primary Marvel universe. It also has one of my favorite things in all comic books, which is a knockdown drag out fight between two ridiculously overpowered, like ridiculous, you know, limitless potential kind of individuals. Um, the Sentry. For you those you don't know who he is, uh, I hope he's never put to do this game. <laughs> he's just—he's yeah. like Superman on steroids. He's so powerful. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he's like
0: Superman plus Green Lantern times infinity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, at, ba- at one point, he steps up to the plate against the Hulk, and their fight is just one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the Marvel universe. It's—it's it's awesome. So if you, um, if if you want to see a really cool Hulk fight, but also a really really interesting story about uh you know somebody coming back for revenge against uh heroes, one of the things I love about this story is that it actually spends time talking about how heroes aren't always heroic, and there are some things about them that you that people should be concerned about be- uh, because uh, unlike what you might imagine right thor comes you know Hulk comes down and Thor Hulk comes back to the planet Earth declares war on the heroes. You would think everybody goes, "Ah, Hulk again, you know how to destroy everyone, but it 's actually the opposite. people are really excited. Because once they found out they've been lied to by these heroes and they tried to kill him and accidentally destroyed a planet, they are on his side. So it's really like the Hulk and most of Earth now against the heroes. The, the public opinion shifts against them. It's a really cool dynamic in this story that, that they explore it. Really well done. So if you like the Hulk, I re- but in general, the Marvel Universe, you'll like it
0: i remember when this story arc was coming out because uh the game store 31st century was carrying comics at the time and so it was the weekly comic was like the topic of debate at the store and so i actually know a decent amount what happens in the storyline on this one even though i didn't read it and so it was it was kind of funny because everyone would make fun of oh it's a whole comic so it's terrible like it's like smash nothing important happens and it's like well they're making it important and so everyone was arguing about it the whole time um Am I correct? Is the the World War Hulk commonly referred to as World Breaker Hulk? Is that the same one, or is that a different Hulk? Uh,
1: well, on Sakaar, right, the the planet that he's sent to, yeah. he there are two prophecies about him that have equal merit amongst the people. Either the World Breaker, right, the person who comes to mm-hmm. destroy the world, or uh, the, the Lifebringer, right, like the, the person who's going to save everyone. And throughout the 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 Planet Hulk comic series that's one of the main themes is what is Hulk? Is he coming to destroy or is he coming to, you know, uh, bring life back to this planet? And when he comes to earth, he assumes the role of world breaker. That's what he says. He is. I'm here to break the world. Okay. And of course, you know, the thing about the Hulk is the, at the end of the day, the Hulk character is still heroic, right? He's still, he has like a boundary, right? And uh, yeah, he's
0: doing what he thinks is right.
1: Yeah, or what he thinks is just right. The, the, yeah, the, what he thinks is is correct. So
0: he's getting revenge.
1: Yeah, in this case, he believes that they need comeuppance. They need the everyone needs to know what they did, which is you know super cool. Uh, so
0: Hulk thinks their comeuppance has come due. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> Jeremy's just shaking his head like I hate you guys. <laughs> Alrighty, cool um when i was reading i don't read comics unfortunately i'm considering honestly after the novel i'm wondering how bad it would be to go through and read an actual uh comic book so i might after covid's over borrow a couple of your books and see if i can get through it never been able to do it before so we'll see um i do love everything about the marvel comics except reading marvel comics so we'll see uh but when I was reading a, a website that basically had a synopsis of Juggernaut's storyline, and it was talking about uh, during the World War Hulk stuff, he actually fought wor- the World War Hulk, because obviously they're throwing all the big guys in mm-hmm. at some point in that storyline. And they were talking about how because at the time he had basically given in to Sidorak and like, agreed to be the force of destruction that Sidorak wanted him to be, it gave him. He gave him like full access to Sidrax's power, so he was actually able to stand toe to toe with World War Hulk for a while. And I, so I don't know if that was true, but that's what it said on the website. So
1: yeah the the main issue uh, usually has like like a panels and things to allude to all the individual fights, but it was a it was a you know major Marvel event. Yeah. So almost every title at the time, you know, was a World War Hulk miniature crossover. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure uh, I don't know if Juggernaut had his own title then, or maybe it was an X Men you know title that was exploring it. But, um, but yeah, everybody, uh, there's, there's a, She-Hulk was a famous fight also because of course she's the other gamma powered mm-hmm. hero. And so, uh, there's a, the She-Hulk fight that it's fleshed out in the She-Hulk comic that we don't get to see in the main graphic novel, but we just mm-hmm. get, it's, it's alluded yeah. to, you see, you know, a, sure. a page or two about it, but
0: cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Brandon and Parker. And Jeremy.
2: Angela's overrated.
0: (laughs) Overrated. And you have been listening to the Revengers podcast. Woohoo! Are you getting revenge? I'm getting revenge. Do Do you want revenge?
2: I had some revenge earlier. It was a good. It was sweet. No oh, yeah. Nice.
0: Alrighty. That wasn't too bad. It went a lot longer than I expected it would. I think we definitely beat the uh the, the horse into submission.
2: Did we? A pulp? If you I will. think we
0: just proven that we can make just about anything last for two hours. Good
2: <laughs> job guys. <laughs> well done. You guys fucking suck.
1: You know what I <laughs> while while Shut. we were talking while we were talking, I was plugging away at kind of this problem about speaking of the the, the Ghost ghostwriter Ronan and. Uh, oh, I
0: saw you plugging away on your phone for quite a while.
1: Well, I had to get a few fights done before midnight. Um,
0: Head to Blitz, 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 Blitz. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't Blitz. That was that. That was the I was just doing. I did the see you. Test, I saw but, you doing
0: Blitz, and I saw you not responding to me talking to you.
1: Um. I actually went back to this uh, Avengers list, and now that a Venom and Sabretooth exist, and they're just cheaper than Ronin and Ghost Rider, this list actually. The, it, a griefing list in Avengers is actually not entirely out of the question. The only problem is. Yeah, but you it's basically not. Have to it's not the true plot.
0: griefing list. It's just the counterattack right. list.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not full no, You mode. can You can do all four, which we have, and it basically creates that small wormhole, and your it head was, wants to explode. It yeah.
0: was the. It's worth an affiliation bonus on its own. It's when you literally can't attack anybody with it. Because the problem isn't like what happens on the initial engagement, right? Like there's no question about that. The problem isn't turn two. It's turn three. Because what happens on turn three is three of your people are bleeding. Two of them are judged. One of them is hexed. And most of them are on half hit points. Now what do you do? Who do you attack now? Do you attack Sabretooth? Do you attack Ghost Rider? Do you attack Ronan? Do you attack Venom? Because I can tell you, whoever the fuck you decide to attack, your character dies (laughs) mid-activation. Because the problem is, you go like, all right, Wolverine has three hit points left, and he's bleeding. So what do you do? Or maybe he's not bleeding. You go to punch uh, Ghost Rider, which is the correct answer. So you get judged when you choose to attack Ghost Rider. Then he gets lethal protected. So now you're actually punching Venom so wolverine punches venom does just enough damage to let him we are venom back and kill you and so now what do you do because it's his turn and so now venom just activates and kills somebody and now what uh i guess i attack venom and he's like so now you get judged now you get vengeance so every crit you roll is a damage against your character and then you're gonna get so many snacks now two of your characters are dead you've made two attacks (laughs) it's like what do you do it's so annoying you have to split them up you can't fight them as a group and so you have to find a way to play a mission that spreads them out which all that means is you never actually play the list because he just plays the list that's in the the roster that isn't that list because it's just five five character slots
3: Uh and a lot
0: of those characters are reusable so it's so frustrating yeah i don't even know like The amount of frustration you're going to cause your opponent is worth playing the list once.
3: Oh, man. It's hilarious. All
0: right, so if I attack here, what happens? If I attack here, what happens? If I attack here, what happens? Mm -hmm. And It's like, and almost regardless of what you do, someone's moving, someone else is attacking, and you're getting debuffed. And the debuffs don't go away. You're still debuffed at the end of it. And if you actually manage to kill one of them, what happens now? And what was it? Was it... 20 points, Jeremy? Was that the list we played? I think it was 20.
2: It was 20, because I had, uh, you had Nebula. Right? Nebula is there, Nebula. yeah.
0: Yeah, which means deal with the devil is back on the table. And so, what do you do when Ghost Rider, the character you need to kill Ghost Rider, actually dies and he just comes back to life at full health? It's like, you fucking scoop, it's over. And but also, you can't get through it before your people die.
2: And also, once you use Lethal you Protector. You just end
0: up taking more damage than them.
2: Once you use yeah, lethal, lethal Protector. protector all of a sudden Ghost Rider does become live because then Lethal Protector's mm-hmm. off the table for all of his crazy griefing he can do. So usually, like, I was thinking about that's probably the key character to use once Lethal Protector is done because that takes that off the table and then Ghost Rider goes, you know, twice or whatever. But in all... You mean le- You mean deal with the devil?
0: No. Or you mean Lethal Protector?
2: No, I'm saying so... I'm not following you. You would, once Lethal Protector is used up as the card... Uh-uh. Then deal with the devil becomes live if you don't have Nebula, because then you basically would use it on Venom. Because now lethal Protect you're saying is gone. you don't need Venom at that point. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not half as critical as he would be.
0: I mean, obviously the the answer is the way you beat the list is you just laser one guy down. But between all the debuffing and lethal protector, that isn't always easy. And so that means that your whole list is moving towards one of their characters, which is really just up to them to realize and counter with positioning. And so it's like, all right, well, we're going after Sabretooth. Doesn't matter. Everyone's going after Sabretooth. Well, you should realize that his whole list is moving towards one guy. yeah. And you just move him away. Speed long. Mm-hmm. And so you get the lethal protector to stop one of them. And even if you, they daze you once, right? Like, you still have the injured side.
1: Well, well, they but guess, then Sabretooth you have is really...
0: Web Snare. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Sabertooth is the character probably to go after because all of his stuff, all his retaliatory stuff is only range two. So if you have enough range three attacks or if you have the ability to move him and then attack him or something like that or push him and attack him, he's really going to struggle to do his thing while he's going down.
0: No, he has ag- aggressive.
1: That's why mm-hmm. he's in there.
2: Also, yeah. you know if he really didn't have funny?
0: aggressive, he wouldn't be nearly as good.
2: Face You're me right. in that list aggressive. is the funnest card in the whole it's world. It's so good. Face it's so me in that list good. is so fucking good. Like, oh my God. Even Honestly, not... oh,
0: God. there are situations so when the answer is I decline the attack. I think that's honestly the correct <laughs> answer in some situations. It is. A free attack. Any, your, one of your characters gets to make a free attack using any attack they want. They just have to spend the power. Out of activation... I think they say no sometimes. I think
2: it's you so have dumb. To.
0: Yeah, because you know what's not okay? Venom attacking four times around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dude! It's so dumb. It's quite a because thing.
0: I don't know if you've looked at the math on how much damage a character does when they get judged before they take a point of damage. Because there's so few power in the game when you get judged so early. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I wolverine walks up and attacks venom you're judged you're like oh, okay whatever and then you know you attack venom venom hits you back you're like sweet i get oh wait no i still have zero power all right well all right i attack you again it's like all right venom takes a couple t- power or a couple damage you get a couple power then venom goes and eats you you have like three power It's <laughs> so bad because you dealt three damage so, so you flip over now you're injured with four power and you're like, now what? It's like you don't have enough to, to. You you don't get the the rubber band mechanic.
2: Go ahead. And even me. even worse, you can set yourself so, up to do that and then take their power with Ghost Rider, which is I did that yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah, Pen and stare. Mm-hmm.
1: So the other faction that I mean, it sounds the unaffiliated option sounds great, and you've got Brotherhood, Cabal, Spider People, Defenders. Or guardians that could use one of the characters if you just wanted to play sure. it in a real faction. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, is, and since you're almost all, uh, actually, there is an 18 point list, right? So, you could also, they could yes. also just lowball you, and that could be hard.
0: Um, well, but they, I don't think a lot of people would recognize that's what you're playing.
1: True. Honestly. But, but if they do lowball you, if they pick a 16 well, pointer, then. Yeah, you, then you, you know, play your module. other list, right? You play your other list, yeah. And so that's what it. happened yesterday. You only you only the play the
0: the Bash Bros. Yeah, you only play the Bash Bros. If it works, you only get it if you get favorable scenario matchup.
2: Yeah, it it's really funny though, Oh, man. It's so funny.
0: It's brutal. <laughs> well, you, I mean, so it was obviously the first time you had played it. You played it not perfectly by a long shot. Oh no,
2: but no, it, it was a mess.
0: Still brutal.
2: I think if you mess. had a
0: couple more reps, there's no way I win that game. I was playing Wakandans plus Venom and Valkyrie. Like, I had a strong list, and he was just walking all over me. Venom gets judged. You know what Venom does when he's been judged and shocked? Nothing. Zero. That's yeah. when he, he
2: does, does. nothing. He's like, yeah.
0: uh, I have four attack dice, and yeah, no power, cool, all right, I'm dead. And so you just watch Venom die for nothing. Because he doesn't retaliate. And you're like, oh my god, this is... You just made a really good four-point character completely worthless.
2: What was the... How did I... With what... what was getting you shocked? How how were you shocked? I don't remember the how that...
0: Nebula. Oh
2: Nebula. god, Nebula!
0: <laughs> and I lethal protector to save Killmonger, which is why Venom got shocked.
2: Yep. Oh god. And then I
0: didn't have enough power to so many snacks because I was judged from fucking Ronin. <laughs> It was such a mess. <laughs> yeah. And then Ronan's fucking energy blasting me, pushing me backwards and Venom doesn't have enough power to web stare people towards him. So he's just walking short back into the battle, not attacking. It was so brutal. I'm so glad we recorded that game. That was
2: brutal. There was seriously like moments where there were so many responses that it was like totally like timeout, hold on. What hold yeah. on? We have
0: to do this by the timing chart because there's so many things
2: happening. <laughs> it was really sick.
0: Cause you're like, alright, like, I like... declare an attack. No, because it, it's really as stupid as I declare an attack. Okay, you trigger spirit of vengeance. You trigger judgment. You trigger so or you trigger Lethal Protector. You're like, okay, uh let me place my Who's model get it? my power. Uh <laughs> place a token on you. Okay. Continue your attack against this model. Okay, here's my attack. Here's the damage. Cool. All right, now I'm going to trigger this ability, which is going to put this effect on you, and then I'm going to gain this power, and then I'm going to use this ability on Ghost or I'm going to pay the 2 for Ghost Rider to then deal damage to you based on the dice that you rolled in that attack. I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> Like there's so much stuff and like you you get your opponent is like waiting on you and they get bored so like they move their dice like right. no we need those. <laughs> you got to <laughs> leave those there. <laughs> like, like those will happen later. You're like what?
2: Yeah cuz there was it like was... moments where we're like hold on. Did you roll some crits? <laughs> You're like yeah. And I'm like fuck how many? <laughs> it was like so it was crazy. That was crazy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's interesting. Yeah. it's probably worthwhile for some more investigation.
0: I don't know if there's a better version of that list. The Griefer list, I think, is the four Bash Bros. Like,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: don't know that there's a better one. The two dope, the two counter attackers are just so mean. I guess you could do a cheaper one with actual Counter-Strike people. Like, you could do Taskmaster and Zemo, which probably be okay. But it's... I mean, it's obviously not the same, but it's cheaper points. Yeah. Honestly, the bleeds are so brutal. Yeah, because you're you're counter probably two thirds of their turns because Ghost Rider and Ronan just sit back and wait for the battle to play out. Mm-hmm. And so you, if your option is double attack Venom or move past Venom to single attack Ghost Rider, you're like, well, that seems dumb. But, <laughs> but you just don't.
2: I don't like either of those. Can I just leave? <laughs> yeah. Least,
0: can I choose option C, which is run the fuck away from your army?
2: Go very quickly. Go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: right, I like this. I'm gonna try this.
0: Okay. What? What is it?
1: Uh, it's the the bang uh, the bang bros, uh plus uh guardians like core. So Star Lords, Drax, Nebula, Rocket, Groot, and I actually think I found out a way to put enough tact. I think I I have enough space in the tactics cards to actually fit in, uh level misfits and deadly duo, and then. Just other good cards. Yeah. I think
0: uh so you have Deal with the Devil, uh, Lethal Protector, Exceptional Healing, and I think there's one more. No, maybe that you could live with just those three. Yeah, I did those you three. You have those in there, right?
1: I okay. did those three. Uh Medpack, Field Dressing, Face Me, Lovable Misfits.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't hate that. And so the rest of you what's the rest of your roster slots?
1: Sabretooth, Venom, Ghost Rider, Ronin, Gem Power. And then the front five are Star-Lord, Drax, Nebula, Rocket, Groot.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't mind that. That's fine. That's pretty much, I think, what Jeremy was playing, except he was doing X-Men instead uh-huh. for the last bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you heavily load... Well, I guess you really can't. You got to remember, though, 50% of the time, you get, to choo- you get priority, which means you're choosing the point total. Yep. And so if you put... I, I believe it's red missions have double 18s, because it's worthy... And I think there's Black Order Descend on City, I think, is also 18. Let me check. Because I think if you choose red, you can always choose an 18-pointer. Stupid
2: list. You just, you just choose 20. All right, so po- we have if you're Portals. If you choose 20.
0: You can, but, I mean, you but you, you may don't not always get... get the option to choose 20.
1: That's yeah, you may my not point. get No, there's yeah. two blues that are so, 18. It's Mutant Madman is Mutant 18. Mutant Madman
0: and Portals. And you portals get... is not great for you. It's okay, I guess um same with madman. Uh so yeah, you probably choose red and you can do panic evacuation efforts. Yeah. yeah. Panic. This is not sorting correct. Oh, which I it must just Oh, wouldn't demon.
1: you do demons obviously?
0: Demons is good um if you're doing for complete. that list. But you're plush you down do? then.
2: Yeah. You also don't like taking damage. Okay. You don't have a lot of healing in that list. Like you don't you don't want to be
0: no, like, you just ignore the points. You don't go for them. You just wait for your opponent to make the mistake of going for them, yeah. and then they get incinerated and you kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, you completely ignore the scenario. You pick up, like, hopefully, honestly, the the ideal situation is you play the worthy. Your opponent's dumb enough to choose the worthy against you, and then you choose, like, demons or something on blue side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you have not planned this out well. And because if Sabretooth and... Honestly, if any of those characters get hammers, it's bad. Ronan's probably the least bad just because he doesn't attack as often. And when he does, he's already sending like eight or nine dice. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, but like Venom or Sabretooth or Ghost Rider getting hammers is such a bad thing for you.
2: Ghost Rider with hammers is sick with the three entry each on his weapons. It's just yeah. crazy.
0: I saw him get three hammers against somebody. It was just like game fucking over. You'll never catch him is the problem. He'll mm-hmm. kill two people. With nine dice energy strikes. And then it's like hell on wheels away. And you're like, Ugh. "Is you the, never get a chance to get the hammers back. Is,
1: is portals worth it just because you can pick blue and guarantee 18 points?
0: Um, yes, it is. Because don't forget your other list is guardians, which don't mind portals.
1: Yeah. So That's portals. what I was
0: saying. You can't just load up on the kill missions if you're playing guardians because guardians don't want to play that.
2: Right. I can't get the draft thing out of my head, man. Everybody needs to get back to the store and we need to start fucking playing again. That draft thing seems kind of awesome. Yeah.
1: The draft mode of this game? No, uh,
0: well, there's some. There's a fan-made draft mode where you uh, you do a fantasy football league with a $100 buy-in. Well, it's not real money. It's If you haven't done this before, basically the way fantasy football leagues work when it's a draft league, and not like a rotational draft, but like a, a, a money draft, is you'll have an imaginary amount of money, say $100 each just because it's a round number, and you'll go around in your normal draft order, but instead of picking a player, you nominate a player. And so like, if you know football, let's say you go Patrick Mahomes, number one. And -hmm. so the first guy says Patrick Mahomes, you put him on the board, and then you have an auction for that person on your team. So the highest bidder gets him, but you have to build a whole team so if you go, like, I bid $100 on Patrick Mahomes, well, you automatically lose because you don't have any other players. And you, you, he's not going to beat a team of 11 people. So, Right. Uh, so it's the same concept with this, is you're like, all right, well, I choose Ultron. And so, like, nobody else wants Ultron because I know I'm the only one that likes Ultron. You bid a dollar, you get him, right? And so one of the strategies you can do is, like, I'm going to intentionally pick, like, MODOK first. And people will go apeshit outbidding each other for Modoc. I'm going to intentionally not bid. Mm. And so you let him go, and you still have 100 bucks, and the guy who got Modoc's is like 75 left. And you're like, all right, next up, Magneto. And you're like, someone who is like really good, but hopefully doesn't pair well with the other guy. And so you're trying to hit different people's money totals and knock them down. And that way you have like a lot of money left for the middle tier stuff. And then you go build like an Asgard list or something that's one strategy but yeah it's basically how it works is you'll go around and like you'll do all this different stuff and so they were like yeah you you can draft like cards and characters and whatever you want and and then you you play random missions throughout a league and then you know you get points for games and whatever
3: hmm.
2: it breaks down to basically threat level and it's fun. about $5 per threat so anything that goes above or below that you can look at value like the i think modok and the one i was listening to which they did it in europe and they did it in this country and they did it in Australia. So there was those, but the average for Modoc was about 35 bucks, 40 bucks, which is pretty fucking high. And right. then like, but what was
0: like, the average for Ebony Ma though? I don't
2: know. <laughs> I know Do you that...
1: have to buy every character. He, just... could be, no. he could be, he could be
0: literally like priceless, Jeremy, priceless
2: Ebony Ma. You're like hundred There is no
0: price you can apply to him $100. that people would be able to pay. Yeah.
2: hundred and one dollars.
0: The, So the the funny part is uh, me and Parker playing Marvel Strike Force, which is the phone app game. It's a fun hero builder that is strategy based. It's kind of like Final Fantasy, but you collect the heroes of Marvel. Uh, But Ebony Maw in that game is like literally top tier, like almost the best character in the game. Mm -hmm. He's fucking retarded. Like he's so (laughs) busted and he's not like, like it's so crazy good. But it, the reason, part of the reason he's good is because the, there's the team synergies, right? You only have five characters. And so you have to build a good team. And conveniently, Black Order slots in really well on a five-character team. And so Thanos is just a good tank on his own. But if you get the four Black Order lieutenants on him, each of them bring a stone to give to Thanos. So he gets empowered for each Black Order member on his team. Except Ebony Ma, who brings three, because, you know, there's only four of them. And so Ebony Ma gives him the reality, time, and, like, space stone. And he just, like, goes massive power level. And then, you know, he's a really good, you know, character in the game, in addition to that. So it's just... He's, he's amazing. So it's just annoying to see him in a game being what he should be, which is awesome, and then seeing him in Marvel Crisis Protocol, where he's, like, wah, wah, bottom wah.
3: of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey... Hey, yep. Ebony Moss stumbled so Magneto could run. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that, that's true. That is exactly how it I'm happened.
0: I'm fine with it. It's just sad. Like, I'm not I'm not sour about it anymore. As soon as I saw Magneto's car, I'm like, I see what happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So I
0: actually think we're going to have a really short episode today.
2: Okay.
0: Mostly because Parker's three and a half hours late,
1: but... Are we... What, what was the, what is the main topic? Oh, the outside-the-box stuff. Uh,
0: we don't have one because you're super late. Cool. Yeah, so what I was thinking is uh, because we've been building a lot of unaffiliated lists lately, and I don't know if we're just freaking crazy or if like other people are starting to do the same thing. Mm. Because obviously when there was only like 12 characters, building an, unaffili- an unaffiliated list was dumb because how can you not accidentally become affiliated somehow? Like, it's like, oh, look, surprise, you added in the the three-point leader and your list is magically affiliated now. So it just didn't make sense. And then we started seeing, like, the griefing list that Parker built originally, which was Ghost Rider and Ronin. And so he was playing it in Guardians because you can't play it in anything else. Because if you're doing strange Ronin and Ghost Rider to try and play Defenders, it doesn't work because you have three five-point characters with the with the power stone and that's before you even take a stone on um uh-huh. dr strange so it just it just falls apart too quickly then so we we transition into trying it back in guardians with different other characters and it's fine because guardians faction abilities they have a lot of efficient characters right it's not really about anything else uh and rerolls are always good which is fine <laughs> So, and if you can't afford Star Lord, you basically just play unaffiliated, which is what we started looking at. What if, what if our initial plan was play unaffiliated? What, what could you start squeezing in that was much better? And so, if you're only looking at, I want to build a strategy and not care about trying to make an affiliation, and so then burning like eight roster slots on that, and then when you get towards the end, seeing if you can pivot that into like a, well, at some point totals, I could like slot in Storm. And see, you know, what happens with that. Like like what well, if I put in Storm and Taskmaster? Does this suddenly become an X Men list? Like stuff like that. Uh-huh. And Storm or Taskmaster and other three point leaders is a good two character add in to an unaffiliated roster. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, what if we just put Miles and Taskmaster in here and you're like, well, that's probably fine.
2: I actually think it works pretty good. Parker. I, I I'm very comfortable with that list I have. Yeah, me too. Parker Gift. So, I was just okay. going to
0: say, are you finished with news?
1: Yeah. That's just, I, ready I go? think this is exhaustive. Yeah, I think we're ready to go.
0: Did you get the affiliate, the tactics cards? I don't see the tactics cards. Wait,
1: there are new tactics cards? Where?
0: Yeah, they spoiled their tactics cards. I linked it in the general. What? Infernal tactics cards spoiled live on camera. Jeremy, quit moving to the general voice chat. It's in the text channel. <laughs> Every time I say general, he moves to the general voice channel. <laughs> it's like, where'd Jeremy go? <laughs> like, Fine. He's like, and he's like Fine.
1: where'd
2: everybody go? I know.
1: Oh, I, I missed this. Yeah. It's Every in, week. We have the Every Inhumans. week he does it. We have the Inhumans cards. Yep. Yep. I need to fix this. Okay. Let me, let me fix it.
0: No, I was going to say, we actually have a lot of news. Yeah. Feek. eat, Oh my God. How it's kind of hard to read this Inhumans. though. Do you
1: have a better version of this in the chat?
0: That's, I just posted a link. What do you mean?
1: Is in the general you said?
0: Yeah, general. Just click the link. Don't try and read the, the post. That's just a summary.
2: Okay, yeah, that's the Terror. same one I had. Terra Genesis. Better rivals.
0: How is that hard to read? It's a blog post.
1: Oh, I was talking about the actual card text. I was looking at the card text.
0: That's... Oh no, no, no. It, they they explain it. Okay. Okay, go faster. Take your time. We're good. I mean it is three thirty in the morning, but <laughs>
2: Terra Genesis is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny too. Uh Hey, uh, who's your friend there? Blam. <laughs> yeah, because civilians don't fuck with you enough. Already, I know. Right? Why? Why are these dudes that let me run around such bitches?
1: Mm-hmm. Three
2: we day. need
0: to quit. We need to quit burning good t- content in the pre-ramble. I know. Let's talk about. Let's talk about something else. Um. Although this, honestly, this episode is probably gonna be so short that people will actually listen to the pre-ramble.
2: Oh my god, I hate. <laughs> I hate Bolt so much. He why, has those, why? those stupid fucking gill wings or whatever they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my
2: God. Did he get those off of a windowsill? Like, what the fuck are those?
0: I, I assumed he was just the, the actual attempt at making a Batman costume. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna he, his, his tuning fork is to make higher screeching noises, and then he just Roll flaps his wings.
1: Dice. Oh, my
0: God. Just copy and paste it.
1: Yeah, I guess I could just. Yeah, I guess I'll. I won't try to copy it on here. I'll just stare really hard. Just
0: copy the text in the blog post. Don't copy the picture.
1: Oh, okay. Where is it? I'll reformat it here in a second. That's fine. Oh, we there's a there's a card that's not pictured, but it is in here. Okay, damn it.
2: So they are out in like a month, right? Uh,
0: they're yeah. Uh, I actually have the release date already It is News alert I guess we could put that in here It doesn't really matter It's uh, the 8th Yeah No, no, not the 8th uh, The 12th Oh
1: my god The 12th of February? Yeah Pretty man, sure Man, in this, in this art Crystal has such, like, Karen hair <laughs> She looks
2: She looks so old and mad <laughs> Oh Yeah you know, she would she she would do with a nice bang. You know what I mean? Just a nice <laughs> a, a nice bang.
1: The coolest inhuman story ever is in the Ultimates universe. They're really interesting in the Ultimates universe. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But they're super. They're like most things in the Ultimates universe. Much more interesting than anything they ever did in Six One Six.
2: Do you think someone glued the tuning fork to his head as a joke and he doesn't know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like. What the fuck? Why would you? I the case. I am it's, a it's actually a
0: tool. It it helps him focus his uh, stupid beam attack because we, <laughs> yeah. me and Parker talked about this. Apparently, his power isn't from his voice being loud. Right. Mm. That's kind of like the initial impression you get. Uh-huh. But actually, what happens is his body releases a like matter destabilization ray, and it's the what triggers it because of his like fake mutant power is when he stimulates the speech centers of his brain. And so, him talking is actually not harmful in any way. It's actually almost exactly like Cyclops' ability. Like, the, the motion of opening his eyes opens portals in his eye holes uh-huh. that, that release the energy from another dimension. Uh-huh. As where, it's kind of the same thing. It's not Black Bolt's voice, it's him attempting to speak is what triggers his power. Like, the mental thought of gotcha. let me talk or make a, a like guttural noise or something is what releases his power. And so it's just dumb.
2: <laughs> why, did, why does the dog also have a tuning fork?
0: Because they're friends.
1: Shut oh. up. Oh. Shut up. The dog can do whatever <laughs> it wants.
2: Sparker's <laughs> mad. The
1: dog is harmless here. The dog do the, is do the, the f- only one that makes any sense. Do the
2: females also have that's, a tuning that's fork? That's the problem, Parker. I
1: know. That's what I'm saying.
2: Is, I mean...
0: All right, you got the, the spaces.
2: <sighs> All right. Who, oh god, who's the guy with the box? Is he a boxer?
1: He is. is oh, he's Karnak. a
2: martial artist.
1: Yeah, that's Karnak, and we don't. He's not coming in the game, right? He's not.
0: Not currently. Yeah,
1: he's another member of the royal family. His uh, uh, his powers are that he can see. Uh, he can find the weakness in any anything, like just find the weak point. Yeah. So...
0: Like, he can tell you exactly the, like, space to tap on a pane of glass to shatter it.
1: Yeah. There's a really... Or, like... In, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Like, he can shatter a boulder with, like, a palm strike because mm-hmm. he can just see, like, the weakness within its structure.
1: Right. My One of my favorite or... things uh, he ever does in one of the comics I have, he he's being... Uh, he's a danger to himself. He's, he's trying to commit suicide. And so the Avengers have him locked up in a Hulk-proof cell <sighs> and he's talking to Medusa about, like, you know, about what he's... He's using his powers, basically, to see the weakness in the inhuman royal family and, like, their mm-hmm. power structure. And so he's, like, observing it, and he's, like, coming to... Re- basically, he's, he's hes discovering that the inhumans are going to implode upon themselves, right? Uh, they have this terrifying weakness. And as he's doing that, he's just kind of lazily drawing with his hand etching on the Hulk-proof glass... And Captain America goes, Is that Hulk proof glass? And Iron Man says, Yes, there's there's no way he should be able to do that. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like kind of, kind of not not really thinking about it, just destroying Hulk proof glass with his mm-hmm. fingertips. So he is a cool character. Like he does some cool stuff. He's kinda of like the flash, it's like kinda of like that power seems infinitely powerful, so it's kind of a dumb power. Um but other than just He would being... be like
0: an Omega level mutant if right. he uh if he was a mutant. Right. It's like, you can't calculate the effects of that ability. Yes.
1: Yes. that That's, yeah, that's the definition of a mega level mutant is there's no limit to the ability. And that's kind of what he is. Um, I don't, that's one of the reasons we were talking about how the Inhumans, their power sets are just kind of dumb. Um, because there's like, one of them breathes underwater. One of them controls the elements-ish. One of them has living hair. One of them can find all weaknesses in anything, even concepts, <laughs> yeah, and one Maybe of them a great proof right proof <laughs> right, <laughs> and one of them can destabilize the fabric of the universe with the speech center of his brain, and you're just like, hmm, what is all this right.
2: so just to back up, just so we're all aware, you said all of them have these powers, and then one of them has hair that's alive, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's like the that, most insane thing ever. <laughs> that that's a, is it just the hair on her head or is it like? <laughs> mm? I
1: mean does the, the does the giant uh, carpet match the ridiculous drapes? We good
2: lord, help us all.
1: <laughs> the every outfit she's ever worn is pretty skin tight on the crotch and we've never seen not a pew of one. So I'm guessing <laughs> you've never...
2: never got punched out by her crotch area. Or perhaps, her, her maybe
1: perhaps all of the all of her like biological faculties are meant to put building hair, so she's completely hairless all other places. The fact that she has eyebrows maybe takes mental effort. I, mean, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is really going downhill.
2: It, it's still, <laughs> it it's still just living hair. Um, well, to be I fair, think... it's also
1: super strong, super durable. Like nearly indestructible hair. That's another thing it is.
2: Oh well now that you said yeah, that, uh-huh. I think I'm I'm still not impressed. Oh Lord. That was not written by like Jack and the the, the original writers. Uh, Jack Kirby. The and...
0: problem the problem yeah. with the the inhumans is they're written as these very like foreign standoffish, fish secretive characters. And so you don't know anything about the people. You just know their powers and their motivations. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like Batman. It's like, name something about, about Bruce Wayne that does not involve Batman. Go. And you're like, well, he's rich. Okay, thanks. Like, uh-huh. name something about his personality. And they're like, well, he's Batman. Like, that's not a personality trait. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. he's brooding. Like, okay. Like, you can't relate to him as a person. Like, the people that like the Inhumans and like Batman, they like... The concept of them—they don't like the person or the character. They like the like the plot points they create and like the the situations that they resolve. But they don't like them as a person. This is and one so of the reasons hard wh- to empathize with. This is one of the
1: reasons why I'm. It just
0: Batman is just really popular still somehow.
1: Yeah. This is also one of the reasons why I'm very. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get the Eternals like very soon. I'm sure everything that has Marvels is going to get the Eternals very soon because <clears throat> we we'll know that movie's coming up, and. Yeah. That's an, it's another group that I'm like, why are you making a movie about this group? Like, why are you focusing on these guys? Uh, I, Rolls I the other, mean- the, the other day, I actually looked at the cast roster to see who was playing who, and I didn't know any of the characters' names that these people were playing except Thena <laughs> because yeah. Thena shows up in a lot of Marvel stories. Like, she was a main character. She was an Avenger for a while. Like, Thena is a big deal, but like none of the others I had ever heard of before, so yeah. But
0: that's not a big deal. Like you don't—they don't have to make characters people know if they if they are able to tell good stories and make them compelling, then they'll become popular, right? It's like kind of like the Guardians. Like Guardians were like secret, like cult following stuff. Like there were people that liked the Guardians. They were just super underground mm-hmm. until like. They got the animated stuff that they were in, uh, like, 10 years ago. And then they were in, obviously, the live-action movies. And now Guardians are massively popular. And, and a lot of people think that they're more popular than, like, the Avengers at this point with, like, kids and stuff. So <clears throat> it's just – it's all about, like, can you make it a thing? It doesn't need to already yeah. be
2: one. No, I agree. Guardians is a really good example of that, for sure.
0: Yeah. Like, nobody, nobody that wasn't, like, a diehard Marvel fan already went out looking, like, when's the Guardians movie coming? Like, they, mm-hmm. nobody was asking that question. And even when they announced it, they were like, what? And they're yeah. like, well, let's look up all these guys. Like, oh, there's a tree boy and a rocket. Like, or, like, a, a trash panda guy. And you're like, what's the point of these characters? And immediately I, no one gave a shit.
1: I will actually say this. I'll actually say this. The general public, sure. But when when somebody told me there was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I was excited because I knew what the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. I have invested part of my life into this mythos, and there is sure. something here. If they do this right, it's going to be really entertaining. Because that's what the Guardians were. They were always a very entertaining, kind of a pulpy kind of rag. and Right, and the i'm saying that the Eternals are not that i don't give a shit about them in the marvel universe and they're going to have to work doubly hard to get me to even recognize their first names which is mm-hmm. which i'm not saying is a bad thing they can absolutely you can absolutely make a you know a non-existent ip more of an ip that's totally fine and i i believe in you know trying new things what i think is weird is that the in the marvel universe They pick the Inhumans. They pick the Eternals. That's the part that I I don't understand because there are so many other IPs in the Marvel universe that are more recognizable that I think have richer, like richer foundations. Maybe they, maybe they're just trying to tap into markets and things, but I don't know. They're trying to get
0: out of one person being in the movies for 40 years. Like they're trying to move away from like five characters carrying the entire franchise. I get that. Also, like, looking that. at it... Look at it from the perspective of an outsider, right? Like, the number of people that are that are fans of the Guardians prior to the movies, right? That percentage of the population is basically irrelevant to the size of the people that are Eternals fans. Like, that number of people is so infinitesimally small compared to the general public that it doesn't matter to, like, the people making the decisions at Disney, right? I, I... Like, The board members at Disney, I don't think... Care about the difference of like, well, 0.8 percent of the U.S. population like Guardians, and 0.01 percent of the population likes the Eternals. Like those numbers are irrelevant to those people. Like they already know that no one likes it. They're but it's it's something they own, and if they can turn it into a profitable source, they're going to, I think. And so all that matters to them is can we make a profitable franchise out of it?
1: Right, and that's why, and that's why I. From a profit standpoint, I don't think the Eternals and the Inhumans make the make a logical choice, because the the an Eternals comic book has never launched off the shelves, right? Nobody's been excited about that mythos. The same thing's true for the Inhumans. They like the reason why you reuse old IPs is because you can use other mediums as a test bed for the likelihood of the success of a character. And we know that different mediums don't always translate. <laughs> Daredevil! <laughs> so, like, we know that it's possible that you could switch mediums, totally mishandle it, and drop the ball hard, right? So, um... I'm not saying it's I, I a guarantee. I don't think that
0: actually matters at all. Like, no, oh, I, don't, I don't see how that really
1: plays oh, into it. It absolutely does. There's no way There's no way you can't say that a board of directors wouldn't care, wouldn't want to put dollars more into something that has already proven to be profitable. Like, there's but no way. But it's not way.
0: a question of, like, where you put your resources. The resources are non-existent to Disney. Like, Disney doesn't care how much it costs to make one movie. If the MCU is making them money they have effectively infinite amount of money to reinvest and so it, they're not going to make a franchise out of the possible disney options they're going to make the disney options into franchises like it's all going to happen i think i don't think it's a question of which ones they're choosing it's which ones were easiest to do now and who who could they find people to make them now like maybe they just found a director and a screenwriter that wanted to do the eternals
1: i will buy i will buy that disney disney as a whole, cares very much about the creative minds governing their products. So, like they mm-hmm. they care, they believe very strongly that you can't just use the bottom line because they tried that in the '90s and it, it, it almost wrecked them. Right, their entertainment business was yeah. almost kaput. And so they did a 180 after Pixar, after they learned lessons from one of their subsidiaries, Pixar. They did a total 180, and now they're all about their creative team being fantastic. So, so it's possible that. Somebody, like you said, somebody important, looked at whatever was being created for the Eternals and said, Ah, this is a movie. This is a movie. This is a money-making engine uh, that we can sink money into. We'll get our return on investment. We don't need this to be a popular IP already because this screenwriter, like you said, this director, this co-writer, all these people are coming together, and it's going to be a strong product. And that's... Mm -hmm. So I, I totally... I believe that that's most likely what happened to the Eternals and or the Inhumans, like with the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, that they decided this was a good idea because somebody in a creative, you know, uh, uh, in one of the highest levels of the creative design teams were interested yeah. in pursuing this. but But it's still... I still, I still don't give a shit about the Inhumans or the Eternals. <laughs> so well, you're you gonna have to now, get, you're gonna have to go get, you're gonna have to get me point. to see it because it's a good movie, not because I care about these characters already. And that's more. Okay, that's harder. so it's harder. hold on,
0: hold on. We're still in COVID. So if tomorrow Eternals dropped on Disney Plus, you wouldn't watch it.
1: Um, mm, maybe not. Really? I, I, really? I really give. I really give. T- I, I do give, not believe you. I really give I really give two shits about that universe part or that part of the universe. I don't I literally don't believe that the, you would watch it. Uh you I have watched hit, Alita
0: hit, battle ladle in theaters. Let me <laughs>
1: uh, I did do that. Oh no.
3: That. Oh no.
1: I wanted to do that and uh I don't regret it. Uh it was a horrible movie but I don't oh, regret, regret it. Oh you regret it. Uh I I actually uh I actually I'm going to say something this is here's here's a bit of a here's a bit of a mind blower. I have not seen the last Spider-Man movie. I haven't seen it. And it's because I felt Far like I had home. seen enough Spider-Man movies every time I have the opportunity to do so. Actually, I don't even think that's on Disney Plus yet. I don't think it's anywhere free. i have to buy it, I think. Um, but, I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, and when it becomes free, I will likely you know, uh, find a moment to watch it. But um, I... <sighs> What's the best way to put it? Uh, uh... Marvel movies... Have to be extraordinarily like different for me to enjoy them right now. They they they've achieved a formula that I that now is, is to me a little too predictable. They're not weak movies at all, but they are formulaic. And so I enjoyed the formula the first five times, and um, I'm be, I'm beginning to I, I'm just not excited. I, I'm not I don't draw to it. I'm not pumped about it. I don't think I'll watch the Spider-Man movie and leave that movie feeling like oh man, I'm so glad I got a, that cinematic experience. I'll be like okay, that was another Marvel movie good good formula
0: i i don't like the formulaic argument against a lot of stuff um obviously some things are far more formulaic than others but for the most part like all of television is formulaic like in a large part like like there's always some formula to it and the movies that try and absolutely go away from it like the out of chronological order movies and shit like that it's like sometimes very rarely they're pulled off well enough but the the whole point is that they are the exception to the rule, which is part mm-hmm. of the drawing factor, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, yeah, sure. There's, like, the the bad guy of the week TV shows after eight seasons get a little boring, right? When you're watching them on repeat and stuff. Like, obviously right. that's true. And, and most television shows are formulaic by principle. But when you get to movies, like, well, sure. Like, it's got to be an overarching story in, in two hours, like. Like you have to follow some kind of formula. Like it's just been like, what else are you gonna do? Uh,
1: this is also this is another weird thing. It's a small thing. I've seen pieces of the movie. I need to see the whole thing to give it a, a to give it a a, a a shake over the head. The movie. This is I'm thinking of Spider-Man Homecoming, but Jake Gyllenhaal for some reason I don't give a shit. <laughs> is that weird? It's like as soon every scene with him in it, I'm like I don't care who this bad guy is. I give no fucks. I
0: actually thought he was pretty good. Uh
1: I need to see the whole movie. I need to see Yeah, you you need to see you
0: need to see the entire arc of his uh, character. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I need, I need to see the whole movie. Uh but
0: uh, I thought they did a really good job with Mysterio. Yeah. It has a very Thor Ragnarok feel to it. Like they land It's not quite Thor Ragnarok where it's like they're literally beating you over the head with the comedy. But like they do a really good job of landing the comedy, just a lot like the first Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Like the ever since they realized that was their new plan, they'd been doing a really good job of the comedy. Like okay. basically after Thor two, they figured out that they don't need to write for kids, and so they started yeah. writing for adults, and it, the comedy has been much better.
1: I think uh, pretty much. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm excited to
0: say pretty much, um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, sassing with anybody. is hilarious. It's been really
1: good. I I really enjoy, um, I, I, the ones that stick out, the car movies that stick out are the ones that divorce from the formula a little bit. Uh, the winter, winter soldier was more of a, a spy suspense thriller than anything else. So they really, they leaned really heavy into that, which I thought it was great part of that formula, but I love that it wasn't the other formula. Right. Um, I feel like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and Thor Ragnarok both leaned heavily into this, like, uh, goofy cosmic adventure kind of Flash Gordon style making fun of itself thing, which I think is, is also really fun. I, there's, there, are some, there are some parts of the MCU that I think pop out as, ah, one of these things is not like the other one, and you can kind of point to it, and those are the ones that really stick out in my mind. All the others just kind of bleed together except for Iron Man 3, which was just a fucking dumpster fire. Um, that was
0: definitely like the weakest one of the like true MCU movies. Yeah.
1: I would watch I would watch Nope Nope. I, I was about to say something out loud and I take it back. You were it's gonna say I mean. X-Men
2: Apocalypse, weren't you? Nope. Uh mm. nope,
1: nope, nope. Actually, uh X-Men is that the one that introduces Quicksilver? No. No. That's, no. Okay. That's
0: Days First, of Future Past. uh Days yeah. of Future Past.
1: I actually enjoyed Days of Future Past. That was great. Oh. There's a bunch I of good X-Men movies. I actually just
0: rewatched I just rewatched all the uh the the Earlier era ones, so the the prequels or whatever the legacies, you want to call it. Mm-hmm. yeah. The is that what they're called? Yeah, they're called legacy, the legacy ones movies or something like that. Yeah. Well, actually, uh-huh. I watched I watched everything but X two and X three basically, and uh, X two actually up all like Apocalypse yeah. is real bad at parts, but a lot of it it was actually really good. Like Psylocke was pretty much spot on. I thought um, Angel was done surprisingly well for how like. I, how much I hate Angel. Mm. And so, like, they hit so many things exactly right. Literally, the only problem with that movie is everything involving Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> like, his character is bad. His powers are obviously just inverted. Like, instead of having control over his own body, he has control over everything that isn't his body. It <laughs> makes no sense. Like, it's like, like it's they just... Ru- it was like they Dr. Doomed the shit out of Apocalypse, right? Yeah. Like, they just fucked up his origin story and his character. Like, his origin story is actually probably okay, but... And then, so, th- those parts were terrible. Everything else about it was fine. Like, the future stuff with, like, Blink and Bishop was all cool. Like uh, the Kitty Pride time traveling thing confused me, but I don't know if she can actually do that.
1: The original, the original Days of Future Past, it was something like that. It was, it was, it was time traveling, but it wasn't Kitty Pride. I forget, I forget Wolverine. how it, what was that
2: Wolverine went back in time. That was the deal with right. that one.
0: Yeah, but they used Kitty Pride to send Wolverine back in time. Oh which yeah, yeah. Didn't make sense. She phases him through time instead yeah. of matter. And I was like, that doesn't sound like the same thing at all. <laughs> like, that sounds like two very different powers.
1: Yeah, I really... Oh,
0: apparently in the deleted scenes, there's the buddy cop mini movie of when uh, Wolverine cuts Kitty Pride, She starts to bleed out. And so they think she's not going to make it. So Magneto and Professor X go on a buddy cop raid to raid one of the prison camps and break rogue out then they use rogue to steal kitty's powers and keep the time travel loop happening and i was like what <laughs> like like when has that ever worked yeah and so apparently got cut but the the scene is in the deleted scenes which is apparently pretty funny because you know magneto and and xavier doing stuff together is always fun just huh. like what do you do you're like you lose that's what happens like you can't fight them both <laughs>
1: I re- I really like Days of Future Past. the The Quicksilver scene by itself. I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "This is this is just absolutely wonderful." <laughs> I, I love this movie. It's so much fun.
2: Well, it, his name is like Michael Fassbender, right? The guy who plays Magneto. Magneto, Mag- yes. Magneto. yeah. Fassbender. Like any movie, add him into it, and it becomes good. Yeah, better, Like <laughs> better movie. Yeah, he's fantastic.
0: We, it turns out when you Photoshop him into Citizen Kane, still good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I, I get him and John ham confused a lot. They are very similar like oh, human yeah, people. However, John Ham is one hundred percent a different person. He's like a kind yes. of a comedy actor. Or like he, he does drama, but his like he is a goofy ass guy. And oh. so the- I anything with John Ham or Michael Fassbender, I don't care that I can't like confuse them because I'm instantly pleased that they've <laughs> arrived. Uh, yes. the one
0: the ones that always get me are thomas jane and aaron eckert i think is the other guy's name the guy from dark yeah. knight and yes. then the guy who played the punisher yes i didn't know they were different people uh-huh. until they were literally in the same movie
1: yeah <laughs>
0: i was like holy shit there's two of them <laughs> and i was like oh no i've just been wrong about who i've been going to see movies
1: <laughs> uh if you have ever if you want to see John Hamm being just goofy as hell. Have you ever seen The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Have you watched that show? I have, actually. Uh, Is that when
0: he plays one of the... Uh... He's, Never mind, go ahead. He's the
1: reverend. He's the person who kidnaps Kimmy yes. and put him in the... Yes. When he's when he's in the courtroom and he's he's giving his own defense, and he says, let me tell you a little story from a pal I know named Jesus. And he gets the guitar <laughs> out and goes, he was a one-armed, one leg, flying purple people eater. you're like, What? What? <laughs> That scene, that like everything he says in that courtroom, I I just, I cry laughing. He is, Mm -hmm. he is so good at that just super serious, goofy character. Oh man. Oh, it's so funny. Uh,
0: the, the, my favorite thing from Kimmy Schmidt was when the, the lady she works for the blonde chick Mm -hmm. starts dating a Hemsworth brother and he's so his name's like David Hemsworth and he's like only very good looking and wealthy and attractive and and skilled but he has this giant inferiority complex because his brothers are so successful oh. and handsome and rich and so and he doesn't tell them he's a Hemsworth brother and so they go to his mansion and like you're rich he's like no I, I I do okay and it's like this 10 million dollar place and he's like he's throwing a dinner party everybody's in tuxes like no you're rich like, like they're very confused how they didn't know that her boyfriend was rich. And then he's like, well, I don't like to talk about it. And then they eventually beat it out of him. And he's basically in tears. Like, yeah, they're so, they, they're not even mean. It just feels like they're mean because they're so successful. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's like he mean. Basically his life is in ruins because he's only very good looking and rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It fucking makes me laugh every time. That's good. He's literally like breaking down in tears in front of his girlfriend and her friends because they found out he's related to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs>
1: All right, we did we did a good job warming up. This is we did a good job. I want to First world start, problems, start, right? Yeah. Let's start rolling on this 40-minute episode whatever we got here.
0: <clears throat> no, we're done. That was it. That was the episode.
1: All right. I've been podcasting this whole time.
0: Got in one, guys. Alright, so obviously we have the news. Parker will take us through the news. Uh, Just remember to pause in between each thing so we can discuss. Okay. Uh, Then we'll go into our main topic, which if you guys want to brainstorm some stuff to talk about, and then we'll do the comic corner.
2: Uh, We could talk about what is... Because you've been playing a lot of different lists. What's your favorite list right now? We could also talk about... Favorite um, crises that we've played? Like, what's the w- kind of go to's that we're playing?
0: Well, I was going to say, I can drop in another topic here if you guys want to do a, a secondary topic. Uh, we can do an over and under for characters.
2: How do we do those? I don't remember exactly the pro. What, what were we doing with that?
0: It is um, you just pick what you think is uh, your favorite overrated character and your favorite underrated characters. Like, character. That you think makes too many lists and, like, shouldn't be played as much. And it's oh. just, like, people are people are crutching on it because they don't know how to not. And then, like,
2: mm.
0: characters that you think should make lists, basically, and don't. Gotcha. Underrated and overrated, one of the category. And we each do our own. It's okay to duplicate. <clears throat> oh, and we have From the Forums today.
2: Oh, yeah. We got to do that. We need to make fun of some real people. Real listeners.
0: Oh, Uh I really wanted to do that and just be like, look how stupid this person is. But like I I have a very dark sense of humor and I think some of our listeners uh well one might be the forum posters and two (laughs) two would not think it's as funny as I do, so I've had people talk me off that ledge. But I think it's hilarious to find stuff on the internet and make fun of it. Uh I do not try to make fun of people's paint jobs. Uh, To their face, I make fun of their paint jobs. To Parker's face later, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but mostly I only make fun of people that uh, are dumb and use like glitter paint and stuff. Like I I just hate that so much. You 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 actually do a really good
1: job. You do a really good job of being very neutral with your ire because I know inside you're you're seething. You're rolling around like a crocodile (laughs) with a carcass. But (laughs) but but i know that's the what old you are witch inside.
0: that's convincing the kids to rub butter on themselves and then climb yeah. into the oven. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's... it's like, but they don't know it.
1: Yeah, you do a really good job. I've seen, I've been with you at conventions when you've just been like, yep, yep. Yeah, good job, that, man. That's pain. Yeah,
0: looks nice. And, and the Three re- steps later, that fucking idiot. And you
1: you understand that it was effort and they cared about it and it's, you know, better than, it's it's glad that you're, you're, pr- you're happy that they're proud of it, but man. <laughs> it
0: In a a pragmatic way, it's the best possible situation because they're enjoying their paint job because they got a model that's painted and they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I'm enjoying their paint job because I get to ridicule it endlessly once they're not in my presence. (laughs) And Uh, So I think it's the best because everyone gets maximum enjoyment out of the entire process. uh And then, you know, obviously at some point they will progress in their painting skills just as everybody does. Like, I don't paint the best, but, you know, I think it's fine if people make fun of my painting. Like... It's it's good for me, so, but I'm just a bad person, so that's how it <laughs> works. I don't deny any of the things that are wrong with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny statement. I like that. Oh but yeah,
0: God. so instead from the forums is productive where it's like, hey, did you know this rules interaction that was clarified? You probably should. And so that's what we're doing with from the forums. And then maybe we'll do a from the forums after. Where uh, <laughs> it's a little more, a little more, uh, a little more sexy, razor sharp and bloody. <laughs> maybe stay to the end for from the forums. Yeah. We uh, we tried to do a thirty first century podcast. Oh God. Uh, Back in the day, we only did two episodes, but uh, and I was not the organizer of that. That was completely separate. I think I was only on one of them as a guest. But the, it was if you were ever at thirty first century, it was a weird combination of. Like a frat house and a brothel and a 7-Eleven. It was some weird combination of those three things. And it was the worst parts of it. Everything was always sticky and dirty like a 7-Eleven. And then like there was like, like, for example, the place didn't have heat, right? And it didn't have heat because the owner refused to pay a gas bill. Not like an overdue gas bill that he disputed. He just didn't want to pay for gas. And so he just didn't have heat. So, if you're not from Kansas, you might think Kansas is middle of the country. It's fairly temperate. You'd be wrong. We get into the <laughs> negatives sometimes. And in the winter, it's commonly sub-10 degrees. Yep. I don't know if you would leave an 8-year-old unattended child in an 8-degree <laughs> building. But let me tell you, the police did not think you should. Oh, my God. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, at one point, they... <laughs> It because so many people complained that it was cold that they said they were going to stop coming to Friday Night Magic, which meant you know the owner would lose three dollars per person. So <laughs> he went out and bought a space heater on Craigslist and plugged it in in the middle of the room and just turned it on high in the morning, and then by the evening it was eleven degrees. So you know that basically fixed the problem.
1: Yeah, clapped his hands and together. So one and of called the magic
0: players. <laughs> Yeah, until one of the Magic players backed up his chair and knocked the space heater over, and it blew the fuse out in it. And so, like you do, he, he went to college for engineering, so he opened the thing up, saw that the fuse was burned out, and said, well, I'm not driving to the fucking hardware store that's, like, an entire quarter mile away. And so he just took two pennies and shoved them in the <laughs> fuse slot It fucking screwed the thing back up. And, <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Apparently, there was a small uh, problem with that because it, it it messed with the circuitry in it somehow. You couldn't turn it off. It was just always on high. If it was plugged in, it was on high. There was no in between, and so it would just run overnight at max settings for weeks at a time. Oh <laughs> Which God. is uh, I've been told a fire hazard by yeah. a fire marshal.
1: <laughs> a bit, a, a bit. <laughs>
0: Who was looking at is it, it like that's a fire hazard. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? The owner's out of town. <laughs>
2: Mm. Oh man. You've definitely oh, described that, that the entire place perfectly. Yeah, so this this yeah. is the
0: place that made made a podcast. And we had two podcast ideas. There was the thirty-first century podcast. And then a week later, he bought video camera surveillance for the store that had microphones. And so we said, well, we'll just do a podcast called 31st Century After Dark, where we just take our favorite clips from the week that people don't know is being recorded <laughs> oh and my put it God. on the internet.
2: Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> Which was going to be rated like, I don't know, like, go kill yourself, I think. Like, I don't know how that even works. Oh, man. That was That was an interesting time. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: You would just An see people stealing time. you would just see people stealing magic cards over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah.
0: The amount of times you would walk to the bathroom because there was like these short, like chest height bookshelves that circled the place. So there was the shelving on the wall, and then directly five feet behind you there'd be short shelving that there was more bookshelves for that you could put stuff in, and then you put stuff on top of it. And so the bathroom is in the corner at the end of one of these aisles. And so on the way back there, you could just almost always look to your right. And see a torn-open, like sealed magic product <laughs> sitting on the shelf that was somehow mysteriously missing the contents like every day. <laughs> wow. It's like, hey, uh Joe, do you actually sell any of these uh starter decks? He's like, I don't think I've sold one. It's like, where are they? It's like, you know, I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, I wonder where they went. There's <laughs> probably just a pile of wrappers in the bathroom. Oh, man, we should just do a 31st Century, like, stories from the the store podcast. Oh, man. Uh, Just for the record, this place has recently closed. Uh, So, all right, let's get into it. Are you guys ready?